three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 44 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my two Funko Pops with me. (laughs) (laughs) NES Ruler 22 and Double Shot J, also known as Jeremy and JP. What is going on, y'alls? I always wait to see what you're gonna say in the intro. I, I was thinking you was gonna. Every day, every I, week. I thought you was gonna say I got my two necrophiliacs with me, but you switched <laughs> it up and went with Funko Pops, which is just hilarious <laughs> to me because me and you have those conversations all the time uh, about what the hell are these goddamn things and why does everybody want them? Well, the thing is, on that note, um, I'm just very happy and proud to announce that. Um, oddly enough, you know, since I'm very confused by Funko Pops, and, and this not only confused me even more, but Funko Pop Toys actually contacted me the other day, and uh, they basically said, or they actually asked if you know if it was cool that um, if they you know designed some uh, Funko Pops based on us for the Twenty Two Shots of Moods and Horror, and I was like, a Moods Funko Pop. I was like, sure, man, sure, you know. So we we came up with some designs and stuff, and. Basically, what we came up with real quick was uh, uh, Jeremy's uh, Funko Pop is just going to be one big fucking nose. Yeah. Um, mine is just going to be a Funko Pop with a huge fucking beard. And uh, JP's is um, he's just going to look like uh, Paul Nashy. <laughs> Does he have a lawnmower accessory? <laughs> uh, no, that's what's so damn lame about those things is they're literally just plastic. Yeah, but there's they. No, like, but you could get toy, a DeLorean. Like no... You could get a DeLorean for Marty and uh, oh, Doc you? Brown. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you could put them. <laughs> like, in where a the hell's Jason's machete? You know what's really funny? I Jason seen somebody, has a machete. I seen a uh, okay. I, I I seen a um post of a picture of somebody watching something, and in the background, like by the TV, was like a Funko Pop, and I was like, these fucking things are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're hating on Funko Pops. I am. Man. I'm a They're big hater. Cool. I, I don't like, like them. them. I don't get it. I had to. I went out of my way to make my own fucking Funko Pop memes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're just. They literally are, and I was just wanted to add to the situation. You no, know, Funko Pops are everywhere, so I'm going to start posting these things everywhere. But yeah. no, of course, people. I was joking about the Funko Pop company. Yeah. I think we can. We Damn it! We I was waiting by, for my check. Just what we need to get sued by Funko Pop for making fun of them. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, right. honestly, if I'm being 100 percent honest, yeah, I don't really get them, and I won't buy <clears> them. <throat> but I mean, I think it's cool that everybody likes them so much. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really crazy, man. Like, there's Funko Pops for everything. Like, there's a for, Breakfast Club line coming out. Soon. Yeah, for everything, <laughs> man. Like everywhere I turn, there's just like a whole new line for everything. I'm there's just Breakfast like, wow. Club. There's a lot of cool ones coming out. There's a Breakfast Club line. There's a Rocky Horror Picture Show line. There's a Munsters line. 
There's like a whole bunch of them coming out. So they're so. literally doing them for everything. Pretty much. Everything. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Like I seen Disney. There's Disney ones. Yeah, and, fuck that. I just buy the movie ones. <clears throat> you know, it, it's crazy, man. But I don't even so. buy like I just buy the ones that are like that I want. Mm-hmm. How yeah. much? How much are those things? Like between eight and nine bucks a piece. That, that's yeah, reasonable. That's yeah. They're actually not that expensive. I actually looked at that the other day and I was like, eh, they're not too expensive. They're not that bad. So, but if you want to get a whole collection, it's like fifty bucks for. Like if I want to get like, <laughs> like I have sloth. But it's like, oh, I want to get Chunk and the rest of them. But it's like, I don't want to spend 40 bucks to get the fucking, to get Data and all the other assholes. So I'm stuck with Sloth for now, I guess. <laughs> so, um, I didn't, I didn't say anything to you guys, but I literally had the weirdest fucking thing ever happen to me right before we started recording the show tonight. This is really fucking strange. Um, and this one's going back a long time. Okay. So... I went to the beer store before the show and I was sitting in Arby's drive through <laughs> and my phone beeps and it's Steve. Steve sent me a message saying, Hey, check out this fucking comment. And I was like, okay. So it was actually bill from code red commented on my comment that I left on one of Steve's update videos. And I, I was talking about how, Oh I, man, this is going to be good. How I think that it was bullshit that, uh, that he stopped shipping internationally. And I basically told Steve that, you know, the, the Blu-ray quality on the Nightmare Blu-ray is actually pretty good for once, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, he comments back on my video saying, um, the reason why I don't, sh- uh, actually, you know what? I even have the fucking, uh, the message right here. Oh, actually. Okay. This um, is very interesting because we've definitely, okay, no, talked- no, it, it, it gets a lot better. It's really fucking weird. Um, okay. So Bill O, he says, I don't ship international as a way, uh, as way too many overseas customers say I never received it. I ate a lot of money and lost in the mail. I am not responsible and lost in the mail. <laughs> I can ship overseas, but PayPal loves chargeback. Um, <clears throat> I wonder who that did. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's fucking weird. And I was like, whatever. So me, me and Steve just started joking back and forth, whatever. And I was like, oh, fucking Bill, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I get my food, drive home, check my mail. And uh, this is where the story takes the weirdest turn I've ever. Fu- it, it was fucking bizarre. I literally code reds at, in there. I literally <laughs> stared at my mailbox for like five minutes, going, "What the fuck is this?" So I go to my mailbox, open it up, and I pull out this package. And I'm not even expecting anything today. And I'm like, "Oh, cool DVDs." And I look, and it says from Code Red. I fucking <laughs> shit you not. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, I haven't ordered anything from Code Red in a year plus. Actually, since like last February is when I had this big run in with Bill. If you guys don't know. I ordered uh, some a couple. Well, but these. I had I had the same problem at the same time. Also, remember? Yeah. So I ordered these two DVDs like a year ago, almost you know to the month. And uh, what had happened was I didn't receive after. So basically, PayPal you got forty five days to make a claim. It had been about forty four days, and I was like, well, I have to make a claim. I haven't got my fucking shit yet here, or else I'm gonna get fucked. So I made my claim, and this big ordeal. He messaged me back calling all Canadians pieces of shit and blah, blah, blah. Like he, he got real nasty with me, like real fucking nasty. And I was like, okay, that's pretty ignorant. Anyways, long story short, uh, my money gets refunded eventually by PayPal. And that's kind of the end of it. And literally the next day on code red, he had taken off international shipping. So I swear it was because of me. And I apologize for everybody. Cause I think that was probably because of me. Um, but, uh, so anyways, End of story. Um, I, I end up getting my shit through Jeremy and JP later on down the road. Um, I actually got a, a Nightmare Blu-ray sent to uh, JP's house a few months later, blah, blah, blah. 
And it came so right anyways, away. Yeah, so, okay. So I open up this package in my car because I'm like, I'm super curious. I'm like, a package from Code Red? I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I open it up. It is the order that I had made last February. <laughs> they refunded my money and it came and it was shipped out February 19th, 2015. So it was just shipped out like a few days ago. Why did all of a sudden ship a year later? The money was refunded. And okay, it, I'd ordered uh, the Nightmare Double Disc DVD and uh, another, another. Isn't that DVD. out of print? Yeah. So how and the fuck it, does he have it? It just shows up in my mailbox almost a, like a year to the day. Oh, I thought like, you were going to say, like, it was stuck for a year and it finally showed up a year later. No, 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 that's, no. Is that no, what they, it, shipped, they shipped it out. I looked – that's what I did. I literally looked at the the date that it was shipped. I'm like, it was this stuck in limbo for a year? I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. And I saw February 19th and I started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, it totally was. And then I looked and it said 2015. I'm like, that is fucking weird. He doesn't ship internationally for one thing. So why did my order all of a sudden get shipped out a year later? Is this not the weirdest story? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Literally, I would love to talk to this about Phil. And then five minutes later, I get this order that was totally, you know, supposed to be settled a year ago. I got my money back. Blah blah blah. And so it's now in you my have mailbox. Just a nightmare. So I do. I'll take and I'm it. like, <laughs> what the hell is going? Like, I literally stood there and was like, okay, this is fucking bizarre. Yeah, I've never this had anything so to get weird happen, man. Yeah. But my question is, though, why did they ship it out internationally? Because I thought they didn't ship international anything. But maybe, it's a year so maybe later. It was one, maybe he, like, when he processes his orders, maybe, like, he has them in a certain place or something, and that one, like, just, you know, fell under for so long or something, and, and he finally, he just was going through and just doing it systematically or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's weird because, I mean, he openly admits he doesn't have help and stuff. Like, he does it all himself. He does all the orders. That's why he he warns people that they're not going to ship for 14 or 21 days after your order. So be patient. And if you bitch about it, he'll cancel your order and refund your money. It's open. It says read on his fucking page. Read on the website, everything. Like he's very open about and adamant about that. So I thought it was interesting because, you know, it's internationally. He knows where he's shipping it to. Yeah, but I find it weird that it was out of print, but he still sent it to you. Well, yeah, this is literally a year later. And I'm like, uh, what else was in there besides Nightmare? Well, um, out of print doesn't mean there's no copies left. It just means they ain't making anymore. Uh, the other one, it's like an action film um, called fucking. Hold on, <laughs> I can't even remember. Death machines. Death machines. Like well, this, how long ago the order was? Like I completely just wrote this DVD off, going, I'm never gonna ever get that because I'm not gonna like go out of my way to get sent to one of your guys' houses, blah blah blah. But yeah, death machines. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't fucking, order from him anymore anyway. Fucking so. weirdest day ever. Like, I just couldn't believe that Steve had sent me that message. And then this thing pops up in my mailbox five minutes later. It's like, I don't know, man. Somebody just wanted for me to tell funny ass weird stories. So, yeah, that was probably the best intro story we've ever had. Normally, our intros are just, you know, OK, but that was yeah. that was pretty damn groundbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I purposely didn't say anything to you guys pre-show because I wanted you to be a little shocked about that one. <laughs> but that's I was so, dying to tell so you. That's so crazy. I, I'd just be curious to know, like, how this all went down. Yeah, me too, man. I'm really curious on it, you know? So, mm, cool. I don't know, man, but that's all I got for that story. I just thought it was pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> nothing weird. remotely so. close to that happened to me this week. Yeah, me neither. Hmm. 
yeah, otherwise my week was pretty much the <laughs> same. Pretty much the same. Staying up all night watching movies and well, I mean, my sleep schedule. And... No, I no, I don't. Tr- Actually, the first beer I've had all week is the one I'm having right now. Smoking um, weed, doing yeah. coke, drinking yeah, I beers, beers. I don't drink beers. during the week. I don't drink during the week at all. I work, you know, weird shifts. So, um, but yeah, my my uh, my so sleep schedule. Get it all in on the weekend. Fucked. Yeah, my sleep schedule is so fucked right now. But but we're doing the show, and I'm happy. So was it cold? What's that? Was it cold this week? Because I know last week it was warm. You have to give your weekly weather update. You better stop this right now. <laughs> We're not talking about weather anymore on this show. Every week you got to talk no, about the weather. No, we are not. This is not turning into a weather show. <laughs> so, JP, what happened with you this week? Uh, I really didn't do much. I mean, I, I, I kind of caught up on some TV shows that I've been wanting to check out and stuff. So I didn't watch a whole lot of movies and stuff. Uh, my sleep schedule was also kind of really messed up to where, like, I would get home and crash as soon as I got home from work and stuff. So, really just kind of slept a lot this week. But I'm finally back to normal. Uh, caught up on some TV shows. And then the last past couple days, I watched uh, some horror films and, uh, you know, tried to cram for the show, I guess. <laughs> nice. Nice. Jeremy? Um, typical week. School, uh, I think I didn't think I did anything too exciting. Just spent uh, a whole lot of time time watching a lot of pretentious films. Yeah, like Battleship Potemkin for about the twentieth time. It's like I've had enough <laughs> of fucking Soviet montage Potemkin. Wasn't like, the Oscars many... this past week, or did yeah, we do was... the show after that no, happened last Sunday? Last Sunday, yeah. Um, Thought you didn't want to talk about the Oscars. You didn't let me talk about it last week. <laughs> Well, I had a feeling you would bring it up, so I just, you know, no, way ahead of you, not, way ahead of you. Well, we'll talk about the Oscars when they have, like, you know, best horror film category. Well, Extras is one. Or if they just put... No, like a specific category just for, you know, horror know. films. That would be kind of cool. Nah, but, you know, but they're, we know too white. they're too white for that. <laughs> yeah, I know, it never happened, but yeah, so... Way too white. <laughs> way too white. But, but but do we really know? White and nobody, Jewish. Nobody. Well, we pr- they're probably Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like twelve hundred people that vote. Yeah. So who knows, man? That whole fucking thing is just a mystery to me, man. We it's know. like the MPAA. It's like a secret secret cult. It is. That's you know. That's what I. I that's what I kind of think it is, man. It's like a cult. Mm-hmm. It's weird, man. They do sacrifices and everything, man. <laughs> MPAA. It's, it's, it's starry eyes. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's like Starry Eyes, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's exactly like Starry Eyes. Yeah, fuck great flick. MPA. Yeah, fuck the MPA, man. But I, I got to say, man, that the, what is it? The uh, oh, what's the documentary on the on the MPAA? Rated R. No, this yeah, yeah this film rated. is not yet rated. That's a great documentary. It is, it is man. I watched it on Netflix one time, and I was yeah, too. fucking really. I was like kind of appalled by it too, because I'm just like, what the fuck. You know, it's so frustrating to watch. Secret You're like, how the cult? fuck do these people not know who the fuck they're working for? It's a secret Weird, cult, man. man. Fucking Go- CIA. Google pretty, gobble. Pretty interesting shit, though. But yeah, we got some news, JP. Uh, we do have some news. Very little news this week. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's just nothing. And, you know, this typically happens early on in the year, the new year. What, like, I think Brandon mentioned it today, where, uh, or recently, where he said not a whole lot of good films coming out right now and 
that's also with the news. Like it takes a little while for the ball to get rolling. So right now we just have some whack ass news to get through. Um, first up, Alien sequel. We learned about this last week. The director wants to make the movie more connected to Alien and Aliens and not so much connected to Alien 3 and Resurrection. Sounds like he wants to ignore it. Um, but then I believe he came out and said, no, 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 I don't want to ignore it. I just don't want to make it follow those films. Do you guys know how Alien 3 was made? I learned I learned this this week actually in my in my script analysis class. So there was so many. I know people, there was a lot of trouble with that. No, yeah, because there's so many. There were so many people on production that had diff, uh, interesting ideas. Uh, so what they did was like eight people like wrote a script, and what the uh, what Twentieth uh, Century Fox did was that they took all these scripts and they took the best of everything and they took scissors and they like cut the things that they wanted to use and they oh. stuck it all together so nothing worked <laughs> so it's like oh this part in this script's good let's cut it so literally what they did was like they like took scissors and cut it and they took like paste and they pasted it all together and that's how the final scripts got made it's just well fucked. that sounds really professional it, that, that you know that sounds about such, right that film was such a clusterfuck it's hilarious yeah wasn't that uh mm-hmm. fincher did yeah, do Alien 3? I think that's how the Oscars work too, actually. <laughs> <It's kind of> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we got we got uh, 50 plus million to just sit here and piss away. Uh, I, you know, let's just let's just, uh, you know, throw throw darts at the wall, whatever sticks. That's what we'll roll it. So is, is this like, you know, was this pre Fincher, like Fincher, uh, like a board? Like, was he already tied uh, onto this? So they basically uh, came up wanted, the this way. Weaver wanted to have Fincher as the director. She's like, I won't do this movie unless he directs it so they had to hire him or they were <laughs> fucked so did they but, but did they come up with the final script before they hired him or did they do that after he was already... i think they did that before they hired they him. probably did oh, during okay. filming because it just seems yeah like if i, like I said Fincher, I'd be like, like i'm like wow this is really fucking weird well Finch well, <laughs> has even IDs been too. vocal on the film like he pretty much disowned it and walked away before the final uh editing process yeah yeah i think i've heard place. that yeah yeah. It was a clusterfuck of a production. Huh. It obviously shows on the screen. I mean, it's not as bad as Resurrection. I, I don't really even remember it, but you know what's really cool and it's alien related is I work with a woman who whose son is about thirteen, and he all of a sudden got really into the alien films. So I gave her my old you know DVD box set of Alien One, Two, and Three because I have the Blu-ray set. Um, and you know, she was like super pumped for it. She tried to pay me and stuff. I was like, no, no, it's, it's for good cause getting a young kid into horror films. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then I'm actually buying, I I just ordered her alien resurrection for him as well. But, uh, you know, I, it's such a weird, I I don't see the, it doesn't feel like a gateway horror film to me. (laughs) Not really. No. It's more like a sci-fi horror. But I remember watching those when I was really young though, too, oddly enough. It's kind of strange, but I'm not a yeah, big know, fan. To be honest, man, I don't know. I just never really got into the Alien films that much. The first one I love. I loved you. I love Alien. Too, that's man. about it for me. Like I can, I, I Aliens is all right. Aliens is a good film. I, I personally, I, it seems like more people prefer Aliens over Alien for they some odd reason. Do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but me. My money is definitely always with Alien because that movie is so dark and it's a I horror just film. Love, it, it fucking feels so awesome, man. The, the Aliens feels more of like an action film to me. Definitely does. You know, but and in part three, 
it's okay. It's you know, it's not terrible, but yeah, I do agree. Resurrection is a piece is a pile of shit. Though. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, not every title film. with resurrection in the title is a piece of shit. I honestly, if I watch the Alien films, I I will watch part one and two, but most awfully, most oftenly, I'll just watch Alien. You know, but I mean, to be honest, I haven't watched them in a long time. It's been a couple years. Jeremy yeah, kind of makes a good point. Is there a film with resurrection in the title that is not shit? No. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Alien Resurrection, <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. What else has Resurrection in the title? Oh, there we has do to a, be a couple. We should do a well, Resurrection show. There's a couple show. films called Resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> do the Resurrection show. Mm, nah, I'm oh, good. God. Fuck no. No, so, I, I, I never want to have to watch or talk about fucking Halloween Resurrection ever again in my life. Yeah, we got it out of the way, and we'll probably never revisit it. So. God, I hate that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, we have Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's actually going to be in a film. I believe it's already filmed and it should be coming out soon. It's called yeah. Maggie. Yeah, I heard about And this, too. this is a zombie film. And it tells the story of a deadly zombie virus that has put a plague on the world. When Maggie, a viv- vivacious young woman, vivacious young woman, becomes infected, her father brings her home to let her be with their family as maggie's condition worsens their relationship is tested and the father's love holding on stronger than the diseased the heart-wrenching twist on a zombie apocalypse puts a human face on inexplicable horror you know it's kind of a shame that it's a zombie flick yeah but you know this will be interesting to see though because it's arnold because it's arnie man i'll watch anything with arnold in it but yeah this is kind of cool, and it's kind of interesting how this just like came out of left field too. It's like done filming, and mm. no one really knew anything about it. Secret yeah. motherfuckers. It's actually, um, I believe, last fall it premiered at the Ta- Toronto International Film Festival. Is that what I'm oh, reading really? correctly? Um, and cool. then Lionsgate took distribution rights, and it's set to be released May 8th through Roadside Attractions. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's so that, that's a little... I'll check it out. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I really didn't hear about that one for any at any time, really. That's strange if it premiered that long ago and no one ever really talked about it or heard about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of worries me that it's really shitty then. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, we have Wild Eye releasing has picked up a film called Morbid. Now, this is supposed to be like a slasher film, kind of like... 70s or 80s style uh it's gonna be hitting dvd july 21st and it actually has some really good cover art it looks really throwback and looks cool it should i should hope so man if it's called morbid yeah sounds awesome so yeah that's coming to us from wild eye after that we have 31 casting news i know i don't really talk about casting news but uh towards Didn't you just folks, specified last week that you don't talk about casting news? absolutely yeah. but unless it's something that <laughs> is interesting important yeah uh the guy is signed on to play the character of Deathhead in rob zombies 31 um he also f- appeared in the lords of salem that rob zombie did uh 31 follows five carnival workers who are kidnapped the night before Halloween and held hostage in a large secret compound known God, as Murder World. Awesome. <laughs> Once there, they have 12 hours to survive the terrifying game called 31 in which the heads 
murderous maniacs dressed as clowns are released to hunt them down and kill them. It sounds like The Purge mixed with like surviving the game mixed with like know, the Hunger fucking, Games. It sounds fucking cool though because it's so they're clowns that are hunting down these fuckers after twelve hours. Yeah, that's fucking that's freaky. Sounds fucking cool, man. <laughs> you know, like, being clowns. Honestly, it's an idea that's kind of been done before, but with a Rob Zombie spin on it, it just sounds like there could be like a really violent. You know, really it's funny. Half, half of our viewers are going. Half of our viewers are going. Well, yeah, that sounds fucking kick ass. And the other half are going, "Fuck, this sounds stupid." Yeah. Well, no, and <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, totally gonna be divided again, like big time. Actually, yeah. I still think a lot more people hate Halloween than. Like it, so. And then there's like another percent that's like fucking Rob Zombie and his slut wife can't take yeah. it anymore. No, everyone's <laughs> those people are going. I wonder what fucking role she's gonna have in this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I, I can't wait for this. This sounds really, really cool and stuff. Yeah, it sounds cool. Looking forward to it. Um. Yeah. You know, it, he actually. I don't know if we talked about this, but he reopened his um crowdfunding campaign. Like he redid it again, uh, like mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. So like a bunch, he made like a bunch more money off of that. So hopefully he puts a lot of money into this one, and it sounds like it's gonna need a bigger budget than maybe like Lords of Salem, you know, um, like Murder World. Like gotta probably take some money to build that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Man, this is this is just could be one of the coolest damn things ever. Yeah, uh, Murder World. Wait. That sounds awesome. I can't wait. And clowns are awesome, and Rob yeah. Zombie, just that dirty gritty style and violence. yeah but you know what jp you, you're also the one <clears throat> that said leprechaun origins isn't gonna suck <laughs> it did say that right i mean the it just heard, they be heard it fair, in the intro before this they be heard that fair, in the intro before this to be know? fair you and i have still not seen leprechaun origins so we don't know if it sucks right unless you're just I, you know saying that it sucks even though you haven't seen the film well i mean i'm just going i'm i'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that you know it's probably not the greatest because i don't think i've heard one people one person actually say that it was good mm-hmm. which is very very in- interesting so but you know one of these days i will get around to actually watching it so and one I'm of these it. days i will be right <laughs> so after that our final piece of news comes to us it's not really news it's just kind of a rumor squashing uh last week texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> yep texas chainsaw last week we had a bit of like kind of news come out that adam green was uh directing the new halloween first it started as adam green wants to direct the new halloween then as it spread it was like adam green's directing the new halloween um, and our good friends over at the Skeleton Crew, Alex, who I've been, you know, real cool with for a while, Jason from Horophilia, they did an interview with Adam Green and went out and, you know, actually did some work and squashed this, this fucking rumor, rumor right, right then and there. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, it's a good interview. You know, Adam talks about the ideas behind digging up the marrow and stuff. And then at the end, um, he says, yeah, so basically I was being interviewed. I was talking about digging up the marrow. It was at the end of the day. So I gave the outlet a little bit more time. I said, uh, they said, if you can direct one major franchise and installment in it, what would it be? And he was like, absolutely Halloween. Like I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. I'd, you know, make a short film every year. I've been completely obsessed with it and I love the Myers character. And I think it'd be really fun to go into that world. And that was it. That was the interview. And then 
when they posted the interview, it headlined, Adam Green wants to direct new Halloween. And it was just like the lower end of the, the interview where he just was like, yeah, it would be cool. Um, but they wrote like how, you know, uh, he's actively seeking to direct the, you know, next Halloween and stuff like that. So Adam was pretty pissed about that, obviously. And he was like, the news outlet was dumb enough to tag me in it. And I was like, why would you post this like this? Take it out of context, stuff like that. Um, so, it turns out he's not directing New Halloween or probably not even, you know, on his agenda. But it would be pretty cool. I thought it would be an interesting idea to bring up um, that, like, what if he did direct mm. that Halloween? Do you think he would be good for it or no? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's he not too much it. of a mainstream guy, though. <laughs> I don't know. I Honestly, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, well... You know, it, it is inter- it is interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't even know what to think of that. But see, I mean, I don't. I don't think it would be bad. I don't think it'd be that bad. Adam Green is really good at um, writing, and I feel like his directing isn't super super duper strong. Uh, so we we actually have people writing the film already. It's the guys who mm-hmm. wrote Inside. Um, so he would just be like directing. Um, but I, I the also were doing inside was Texas Chainsaw. Was that what it was? Then who's doing Halloween? Oh, the people that's doing Saw, the Saw sequels are doing. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. So that's way worse. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right, Jeremy. Um, but the thing is, is Adam. <laughs> Adam, Adam, when he really wants to, he can, uh, make films that are very, like, psychological and very good. Like, look at Frozen and Spiral, and now Digging Up the Marrow, as long as he tones down the comedy, which he's really only done that in Chillerama and Hatchet. But since he's mostly known for Hatchet, that's kind of what he, you know, that, that's kind of what people say. Like, oh, well, he did Hatchet. But really, Hatchet is his weakest work. And I'll say that yeah. any time of day. Hatchet, one, two, yeah, and three yeah. are his weakest films. Um, he's way better than Hatchet. Uh, and I think it would be, I think it would be a good direction in terms of, I know that he would be, take care of it. He would really want to like, um, establish the character and, you know, he's, you know, he's one of us essentially, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, and I, I'm really looking forward to the thing that he's, he's been working on with, uh, Christopher Columbus, uh, for a long time. And that's that killer pizza movie, a big studio movie. Um, but it's just never, I, I don't know if it's ever going to come out because killer he's wrote, pizza. yeah, he's wrote so many scripts. It's supposed to be like the Goonies, uh, mixed with like monster squad where, uh, a group of kids are, um, working at a pizza shop that's really an undercover establishment for a monster hunting organization. Um, it's supposed to be more kid friendly, but it just yeah. sounded really fucking cool. <laughs> it's based on amazing. a fucking shit too. So yeah, he, he's been so attached odd. to that forever, but I don't know if he'll ever get around to doing it. So yeah, um, the moral of the story is that Adam Green is not directing Halloween, but um, and and bad journalism, right? Come on, guys, what the hell is that? And, oh, that shit happens all the time. Well, that's bad journalism. They always do that shit, man. You should only report the facts. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, when you just, you know, twist stuff and take it out of context for hits, like, it catches up with you. Like, you're going to, like, people are going to yeah, stop working you. Yeah, you get a job. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, hmm. that's news. That is all the news. That is all the news. Holy shit. shit. That was fucking quick. That that's what she said. That. <laughs> That's exactly what my wife said. 
Alrighty, so getting into mood swings and the uh, DVD and Blu-ray releases for March third, two thousand fifteen. Fuck, this month just flew by, man. Ready in March? Shit. Yeah, Tuesday is in March. It's fucking nuts. That's crazy. I know it is crazy, man. Fuck, just flying by. Uh, first up here from uh, Scream Factory, we've got the double feature of Blackula and Scream Blackula Scream. <laughs> it is uh, Blackula. <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to this. Double this one ship yet, moods or no? Uh, no, I actually no, it hasn't. So well, that means two months. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I know. I don't know what the. This f- one seems like one that would take two months. Probably so. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this one. Uh, I like Blackula. I haven't seen Scream Blackula Scream before, um, which is surprising. But I like Blackula. It's fun. It's good black exploitation horror. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, again from Scream Factory, we've got Exterminators of the Year 3000. Uh, I think it's like a uh, Terminator kind of like ripoff. A, something like that. Is it like post-apocalyptic type? I don't know. I've never seen it before, so. Uh, but yeah, that's coming out. It's actually one of the cheaper ones, so. And then we got a film called The Spring Break Murders. <laughs> Just in time for Spring Break. Ooh, they're so fucking clever, aren't they? Uh, released by Hanover House. I'll watch a better Spring Break movie. We all know what that is. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> spring Break Murders. It, man, the cover's so bad, too. Like, have you guys Did seen you talk about Captain Fever, Fever, Jeremy? No, I'm talking about Spring Breakers. <laughs> I think you should be talking about Game of um, And then, of course, we got a film called Psychotic. Uh, I believe this is being released by Midnight Releasings. Yeah, Midnight Releasings releasing this one um, <laughs> called Psychotic. It's just got a big fucking eye on the cover. Cover is stupid. <laughs> so I didn't really know what to expect from that. Um, and then this is a weird one. This is a really weird release because this movie's actually been out for years. Uh, Blood Car. Has it which been? Is That's Blood an amazing Car? movie. Yeah, man. It's fun as hell. It's so but fun. This, but this is like totally different cover art. Um, mm. this is, it, but it's being released by Kino. So Blood Car is releasing by Kino? Yeah, it's just on DVD. So it's getting That's re-released weird. by... Maybe the other one was out of print. I don't fucking know what's up with that. But the cover art on this is pretty cool. Um yeah, Blood Card is a really Blood Card is a really funny uh, fun film. I actually did this in a video in one of my best of the blind buy videos a long time ago. Um, really funny premise. Actually, it's got the girl from My Girl in it. It's just so weird. <laughs> you know what, man? It got a lot of uh, winner things. Yeah, it, it's a fun. It's it's got a fun premise. Uh, really fun premise to it. So pretty interesting. But yeah, Blood Card getting re released by Kino. Very Always, <clears throat> you know how there's like those um, like wheat leaves, and then it will say like winter at Cannes Film Fe- Festival or something. Like, yeah. I always wanted, wondered what it would look like if like they just like toured this film like everywhere or something like a film, and then they just filled up the whole cover with those. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was literally the whole cover. Uh, that's funny. I would probably buy it. <laughs> I'd be like, like how could they you all not? Can't, These... they, they all can't be wrong. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, all right, next up here, we got a film called Splash Area. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's subtitled on Amazon as Night of the Killer Clowns, and then on the DVD, it says Night of the Freaks. So which one is it? I don't know, man. I, the DVD says Night of the Freaks, but then the uh, the quote on the bottom says something about clowns, too. So that's really weird. Uh, 
it's being released by Eagle One Media. I don't know, man. It actually looks kind of cool, man. It looks awful. It, Look at the other cover, like the back cover. I didn't like the back cover. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've got a fucking... Oh, God, these stupid fucking things. I want to... This has got to be released by... Yeah, Echo Bridge. Uh, nine movie, Big Box of Horror. <laughs> Fuck, man, they never stop with these things, man. It's containing Hurt, The Cry, Bay Coven, Midnight's Child, The Cellar Door, Pelt, Dogman, The Eaves, and Monsters in the Woods. That's fucking awful, dude. No funeral home. Damn it, I want to know which one. Fucking Echo Bridge, man. Just horrible. And finally, man, this week for release is just not great. Actually, the next couple weeks, there's not really a lot of great ones. Look at Um, the next week. So, Lars? Five movie Blood Trail Collection, a course released by Echo Bridge, and this is containing <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> seriously monsters in the woods, occupied pelt, Manji, and Deadfall Trail. What wasn't the there fuck? wasn't there some of those on the other one? Exactly. Echo Bridge is just they recycle their shit like fucking. Ugh, that's just. That's Could you bad. imagine if Echo Bridge and Mill Creek came together and made oh, like man. their ultimate shitty titles? They would just start putting out shit. Like 1,200 packs. They would actually just start packing shit. <laughs> Instead in of DVDs. DVDs. I'm wait, talking, maybe yeah. we could get our digital ring DVD copy movie released by them. <laughs> yeah, Mill Creek exactly. Entertainment. They would totally release that shit. They would release that movie <laughs> just with a script inside. <laughs> People would open the shit up and be like, where the fuck's the DVD? Well, it doesn't no come on a DVD. It comes on a digital copy. We're, we're fucking Echo Bridge. We don't put DVDs inside the keep cases. <laughs> This movie is cheap, motherfuckers. Comes on digital cops. <laughs> ah, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> ah, so that is going to do it for the uh, the releases for March third, two thousand fifteen. Not a whole lot. You missed Jaws. Um, there's a Jaws set coming out. Jaws oh, yeah, two, three, and four. But like, really, like this is getting re released too. There's already one of these out. Is there? Did you yeah, say man. misogynist? I did not say misogynist, but I don't know where that even would have fit in. <laughs> misogynist i don't know yeah fucking jaws two three and four yeah midnight's releasing misogynist the crazy thing is um oh that was actually a movie yeah oh fuck i thought you're (laughs) calling me that misogynist um oh shit i didn't even see that one but i don't understand this three jaws movie collection man it's just fucking it's like another dvd release like really don't yeah, do I, I don't know. Well, ten bucks, three movies. I don't know. Maybe if I seen it at Walmart and I didn't already own them. I guess. I guess. Uh, do you got any more? Uh, no, that was the other, <clears throat> the only two. Oh. Okay, so that's good. That is it for the DVD and Blu-ray releases. Uh, do we got any voicemails this week? Uh, we definitely have two voicemails this week. We have one from the homie Brandon, who <clears throat> we always can count on to send us a voicemail. And then, of course, uh, we have one from Derek. Is Derek a first-time caller, or did he call before? I, I want to say he has a really heavy accent. It's hilarious. I want to say that he has phoned totally, before. You can but totally maybe, tell he's from Boston, because he well, has a Boston accent. Well, not you, not you, and not you. <laughs> I'm not good. Okay, at it. Maybe he hasn't phoned in because I, I probably would have remembered that. So does he sound like? Just wait till you listen. He has like I such love an that accent. accent. He's like, I want to know what movies are from New England. Awesome. <laughs> You're not good at it either. I know, but just listen and you'll hear it. All right. So okay. here we go. Hey guys, Derek from the 
Facebook page, representing Boston here. I'd like to know your guys' thoughts on uh, New England horror, like uh, films that take place in New England and stuff. Do you have any favorite films? How do you feel about the setting? Any ideas? And also, the different seasons of the year, guys. Always good horror films in the seasons. Like, uh, what's your favorite season in the year? Like, winter, fall, spring, summer? And if you have a favorite horror film that takes place in any of those seasons, I'd like to hear them. Thank you. Derek's so polite with that awesome Boston accent. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, yeah, that, that accent, that's... That's authentic, man. That's something. That's shorts. That, that's totally awesome, man. That accent is wicked, man. Um, Would you say it's new, wicked awesome? Wicked awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, do it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not good with doing like doing accents, man. I, I fucking can't do them. Or shit, I'm terrible mm-hmm. at that. Um, new England, man. Wow, they got a lot of films that are set in that part of the country. Um. Wasn't Lords of Salem set there, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that I was that so. was one off the top of my head that I noticed. Um, uh, thinking like um, the Haunting from nineteen sixty three. Oh, that's such a great movie. Mm hmm. Ah, oh, so good, so good. That's uh, a hard question. It's like you really don't pay attention. Isn't the Nest set in? Yeah, it's like off New the England? coast of uh, New England, yeah. like an island. Uh huh. What about the Mist? The fog? No, was the fog? The mist, not the fog. The mist. Yeah, I, I think. Know. I think. The, was it mist? Yeah, the mist. I think the mist is. Well, Stephen King always sets his shit in like Massachusetts, right? What about uh, Pet Cemetery? Or, yeah, yeah, I believe I so. Pet Cemetery. Yeah. So, uh, what else? I don't know, man. That's a tough question, actually. Yeah. Definitely. Um, there, there, I would be curious to actually like see like a list of all the films. Um, but he also asked us, what's our favorite setting for a film? Like, like winter, summer, spring, fall. Um, I actually really dig the uh, fall for how ha- if it's a Halloween yeah, film, if it's set on Halloween. But if it's not, I'm I'm a big fan of the winter setting. I like fall with like the leaves off the trees and stuff like that. That there's no snow on the ground or anything. Like winter's cool too, but it's like, eh, it has to be in, like in the middle of nowhere for it to work. I think. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a tough question because I actually like all the settings. To be honest, I know that just sounds really stupid, but um, I, there's certain things about all of my love. Like when I think of winter, the first thing I think of is that real desolate setting in the thing it's so goddamn haunting and freaky mm-hmm. you know I, that's what i love about winter settings like you can have a setting like that and it's just so fucking it's scary man because you don't want to be outside because you freeze to death you know and it's you're alone and i don't know man that that setting i find is just perfect uh but i love summer settings because you know me i love i love shitty shark films so you know oh, those God. are generally set in the summer times <laughs> You know, ripping around, wakeboarding on your boat. And I do fucked. like summer settings as well, um, especially when you can really see the heat, like in like Texas Chainsaw or like um, mm-hmm. the ruins or something like that. I guess those oh, are the ruins. outside of uh, that's a good movie. I haven't watched that in the U.S. But 
Um, I like winter in the winter. You you know this about me, Mods. Like I'm I'm real. Um, I stick to that. Like I watch a more winter horror films in the winter. I watch. That's surprising because you don't want to talk about like the, the weather. Sun. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hate the weather. I absolutely hate the weather. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, the thing, The Shining, like those are like I get cold watching them. That's why they work in like the good winter setting. Like if you're if it's snowing outside, I will pop in The Shining. Like it's a great film to watch in like the snow. Um, mm-hmm. If it's snowing outside, especially if you can like see out your window or something, you know what I mean? It's like nighttime. That's awesome. But I like fall as well. But I, I think summer is kind of a, a really fun one as well. Like. Um, especially if it's a, a bunch of teenagers like doing something in the summer, like piranha. Are... Yeah, yeah. I think I think honestly, the reason why I love summer settings so much is because me growing up, I grew up in like you know a lot of woods, and uh, you know around where there's lots of woods and stuff. But just camping in general, like we do it so much in the summertime, pretty much every single weekend. So that's why I love. You know, slasher films that are set out in, um, you know, in that setting, like, you know, camping settings and shit like that. It just, it just reminds me of Childhood. myself growing up. Just this is what we did, you know. Yeah. So I just came so accustomed to it. So when I see it on film, it's like, fuck, man, I know exactly what's going on there w- without the killings, obviously. But just the <laughs> setting of being out in the bush and just having a party and whatever, man. It's just, yeah. Anyway, it's, I love that setting, man. It's fucking great. But me, I just, I like warm. <laughs> I like the warmth, man. I fucking hate winter, mm-hmm. to be honest. But I do like winter settings. But uh, summer is probably yeah. Winter f- ain't too bad. It's only a few months a year. Yeah, I mean, our depending where you are. Yeah, I mean, they're not it. like they used to be. But you know, I mean, our summers are fucking nice. Yeah. But you know, I, I just I like that set. I like being able to, you know, be outside in the in, you know in the woods camping and just you know two three in the morning, no fucking jacket on. <laughs> you know, that kind of, <laughs> yeah, I it like is that. nice. You know, I, I agree. I, with I, I love that. So. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, thanks for calling in, Derek. We yeah. always appreciate it. Keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. Uh, next up, we have the homie Brandon. Hey, guys. It's Brandon calling in. Um, no question this week. Just thought I'd give a little update on a few films I've been watching, a few newer films. Um, Last House on Cemetery Lane popped up on Netflix, so I gave it a watch, and um, this one's a skip. <laughs> Not a good film. Um been a slow start to the year. I mean, not that I expected any major hits to uh, to come out this early, but a uh, big surprise so far for the year has been uh, Girl's House, Girl House, which was yeah, absolutely man. phenomenal and a must-see and definitely going to buy it when it gets a release date. <laughs> Other than that, it's been, uh, been a lot of mediocre films. Looking forward to checking out Digging Up the Marrow, probably... Uh, check out that one soon otherwise that's it yeah uh keep up the good work guys talk to you next week bye so brandon says skip house on cemetery lane definitely check out girl house and he's looking forward to seeing digging up the marrow which he actually has seen since he yeah, left he that watched. Place now. Yeah. uh he really liked it um i really liked it as well it's definitely a great movie just uh just you know uh, i i can't wait to hear what you two think of that film yeah, I'm really I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, I've been, I, I, for some weird reason, like I watched. Um, I mean, obviously your review or listen to your review, and I've watched like two or three video reviews on it. Everyone's basically saying the same thing. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one, man. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty pretty interesting. I got a question. Yeah. Um, 
Adam Green in the film, was he, because I know that he was playing himself in the film. Is he, is he, okay. One review I listened to, he's, uh, the guy said that it, his acting was pretty bad. Yeah, that's but Joe, is, right? It, I watched that yeah. review too. Okay, so, uh, but I thought that he was playing himself. So is he technically acting or is he just playing himself? Well, he's, the, the problem is he's playing himself but since there's a script, it's acting. You know what I mean? Like he's following yeah, yeah. a yeah, structure. Yeah. Okay. But I personally, but but theoretically, he's Green, still. But he's listen, playing Adam Green. But he's but it's just a written script. Yeah. Okay. Well, so look technically, at Holliston, he still should be playing, playing Adam Green on Holliston, but he's still playing a character, right? Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like that, really. But if you if you okay. have no problem with his acting in Holliston, which I don't, you will absolutely not have any problem with his acting in digging up the marrow i think that the more you know him as a person the more you've heard him on other things heard him talk the easier his acting comes off because i personally had absolutely no problem with it but as i was listening to joe's review i can uh see that um like he never seen holliston and things like yeah, that well, he, he probably he never did, seen he his, did specify that he hadn't seen holliston so he hasn't probably okay. seen a lot of his short films where he's in them um okay. so i think it's more in your face like acting when you when you haven't seen those things but so i think you'll be fine with it like much like i was um, jp moods watches a lot of shit i'm sure he'll be fine well sometimes acting really does bother me in certain yeah, me films too. but in other <laughs> films it doesn't really just depending on what the yeah. film is and the quality and like if if that's how it's just gonna be uh-huh. but I, you know like high production value films with like really bad acting just man it really sets it apart man it really does like if you have a, a low budget film with bad acting like since everything is kind of worse around it it's not as noticeable but when you have like beautiful like sets and like big things happening and then your yeah. acting's terrible it's so notice it's much yeah. noticeable so it throws yeah, you read out of it man you're like fuck man yeah you know you find yourself just qu- Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's bad so mm-hmm. but yeah Okay, I was curious on that because I just thought that you know he was—I knew that he was playing himself in the film, but I was just curious on your thoughts on that. So yeah, because he was the first person to bring up that I've watched. I think I've watched three or four videos or something, and he was the first person to bring up the acting part on mm-hmm. Adam Green. So I thought that was interesting. I was surprised Joe liked it as much as he did. I believe he gave it a four point five out of five. Yeah, um, I think which is like said. a which is like a nine to us, like a nine yeah. out of ten. Um, <clears throat> I, I think I came in about a seven. Uh, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's an appropriate rating for me. I do think people would like it, will like it a little bit more, but you gotta understand, like, I followed the production of this film, like, I listened to him talk about it on his podcast, um, I might have been slightly overhyped, but I still think that there's a lot of things missing from the film, it's just not enough, like, you just want so much more because they touch on, like, the greatest ideas ever, and it, it's just not explored enough, which and the, Brandon said that's a good thing, right? Like, I mean, well, that that's what I keep hearing from a lot of people. You know, sometimes people say it's like the biggest compliment ever, you is know, you to want the filmmakers more. wanting more. I mean, it, it's not shortchanging, you know, it's just it's fucking, you know, it wants leaving you with more is like a good thing. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, is it really a good thing or is it a bad thing? It's, it's, it depends. And me, me personally in this film, I think it's a bad thing. Um, because it feels like it, it does, it just feels like they left you there. It didn't feel like, um, they gave you what they had and then they left you there. It just felt like they left you there with not enough. And Uh I feel like it's different than if they, you know, just didn't have any more to give you. 
I, I think if this film had a bigger budget, it would have been, you know, really, but it's so, it's such a cool film though. And it's really creative. Like I, I got to give it mad props and I, I want to rewatch it on Blu-ray. I was watching it on a digital screener. The quality was, you know, like Fucking standard watermark. and stuff like that. There's a huge watermark on it. You know? That's why I didn't watch it. Um, can't, so they can't, can't copy it and that. stuff. It, that absolutely did not bother me at all. But I, I, I do need to see it in like a better, you know, style. Uh, I love how they just, you know, created like everybody is like playing themselves like odorous youngest is in it and kane hotter and stuff and just like other actors not actors but like filmmakers are in it um there is some comedy in there and stuff but i mean like i just want you guys to see it so i can know what you guys think about it yeah soon enough i guess we'll see it yeah so thanks for calling in brandon you know Uh, As usual, that's awesome. I, I want to check out Girl House. Um, I actually there were screeners a while back, and I just skipped them. Um, so I guess I shouldn't have. I, it sounded, it looked stupid to be honest. Like just from like some of the images, like it just looked like a typical like low, like lower budget, like you know. That's why you got to start stop judging shit before you watch it, man. I mean, but you you have to like you can't say that a hundred percent, right? I mean, like if you see a poster. And we do it all the time. Like, if it doesn't intrigue you, you I'm not saying that it was going to be a bad film. It's just something that I'm going to watch something else instead. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm just breaking your balls. Yeah, so uh, thanks again, Brandon. Alrighty. So, yeah. Um, wow, we are flying along here, aren't we? Yeah. We so, are. moving along to the... Uh, the coroner's report, courtesy of Rue Morgue, weird stats and morbid facts. This is coming from the March of 2015. This is the brand new issue, 153 issues in here. Um, yeah, I just got this in the mail. Um, oddly enough, early, even before the month. That fucking never happens. So, um, and I totally forget which one I was gonna do now. So hold <laughs> with me here. Uh, Room Morgue is a magazine that I've really actually never even had an issue in my hands. So I would okay, actually I like to maybe I check that out one day. That's a good magazine, man. I, I really enjoy it. It's awesome. It's got a lot of cool segments and shit here. I, I think the Corners Report is like one of the coolest ideas that they do every month. Very, very cool. All right. So here we go. Uh, called the Vampire Trucker. Utah man Timothy J. Van Fetus, of course his name is Van Fetus, I know, was arrested in Minnesota in late 2013 and charged with sexually abusing and beating two women held captive in his vehicle as he traveled the country, sometimes wearing fanged dentures. What the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> wow. Is that it? That's it, man. That's I just... not too exciting. Just a crazy uh, guy who kidnapped girls. and. But he's called the vampire trucker. Wow. He's rolling around wearing fucking bang dentures. That that guy's fucking crazy as shit, man. I thought it was pretty funny. But yeah, I don't know. The fanged. <laughs> it reminds me of the, the guy <laughs> in the principal <laughs> in Trick or Treat, uh, where he's like walking around like posing as a vampire and shit. Mm. Exactly, exactly like that. Alrighty, so that is going to conclude Mood Swings, and yeah, moving along into the What We Watch portion of the show. Um, who wants to start off here? 
I'll go. Cool. So the first film I watched is Troll from the year 1986. Uh, This film follows a family who moves into a San Francisco apartment complex. Uh, The young daughter gets attacked by a troll and essentially this troll keeps transforming into her and you know tricking everybody and they're pretty much taking over the complex by using their magical shit and turning it into a forest and doing troll-like things uh that's basically your plot we have a younger brother who's kind of uh or he's the older brother who's trying to like stop the shit uh this one was actually directed by john carl uh buchler is that how you say his name uh you know special effects guy uh directed i believe friday seven was that him who directed friday seven am i right or wrong yeah friday seven maybe yeah Yeah, he did he did um he's worked with like empire all the time back in the day um he did the effects on yeah like charlie he worked with charlie band he did the effects on like reanimator i believe and uh troll and troll 2 and you know tons of films uh the he's the one that gave us kane hotter jason in seven like he made that shit um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he actually directed this film which i thought was hilarious uh this film is pretty awful in my opinion i don't really enjoy it too much um it says here that it had like a 1.1 million dollar budget on imdb which is just crazy to me uh it's just i don't know man like it it's it's made for kids for one um it's like more fantasy than i was expecting uh there are some cool effect scenes in it though and the the trolls actually look pretty solid they're played by like little people um overall just not a good movie and it's a four out of ten <laughs> that's crazy to like troll man interesting that's pretty low i mean that's pretty high if you seem like you didn't like it very much well, I mean, I give it props for some of the effects. I give it, you know, it, it's like a four to me is is a low film. You know, like mm-hmm. I, when we're getting three, it's down to three and under. It's like unwatchable almost. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I really enjoy Troll, man. I think it's fun. God, if you don't like Troll, man, you're really gonna hate Troll too. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Uh, did, what did you like? What would you give Troll? Probably. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I mean, it's not great or anything, but I'd probably give it like a six and a half or something. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like the fairies and stuff. Like I was like, oh, but it is, it is more like a kid's film. Uh huh. Maybe if I seen it when I was a kid, I would have like more love for it, but I just, I I don't know. I was expecting something different. I think it, what it was. I, I think I have seen this before though. Like when I was watching it, I remembered like a few scenes, like, um, when they were in like the, like apartment and like that thing was turning all green and stuff. Like I think I've seen some pieces of it before. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not that bad. It definitely isn't that bad. Just not good. I didn't really care for it. (laughs) Interesting. My my next. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. First movie I watched this week is a film from 1932 starring Bella Lugosi released by universal and it's filmed called murders in the rue morgue um, this is a poe story and uh, of course it's been made quite a few times but i think it's one of the first adaptations of the film uh of the story and um it's quite it's quite an interesting and strange film to say need the less um it doesn't have it's part of the universal monster series that came out on vhs and i think you could only get it in one of the box sets on um 
the Bella Lugosi Universal box set, but it doesn't have its individual release. But um, I had a tape of it, and my professor, one of my professors, was like, oh yeah, I was going to show uh, Murders in the Moorwalk. I was like, huh, I've never, I've never heard of that movie, but I think I have a VHS of it. So I went home and I watched it. It's a short movie. It's only an hour long, but Bella Lugosi starts uh, stars as a mad scientist named Doctor. I can't even pronounce it because it's fucking French. But uh, <laughs> but he plays this mad scientist and he has this obsession of taking human blood from women and injecting it into an ape to try and make a human ape monster. So it's basically this Bella Lugosi going around with his mad assistant that you usually see in you know early Universal films. He's all crazy. And they capture women and they try to make this ape monster and of course they succeed and the ape monster isn't what they thought it would be and shit goes wrong and that's just about it now the scientist uh, um the laboratory sets in this movie is is absolutely hilarious so bella Lugosi captures the women and they, he like hangs them up with his arms above their heads and stuff like that and he kills them and then he has like this trap door and he just like cuts them off and he opens the trap door and they fall into a river below or something like that but Bela Lugosi is a real real really um, insane and kooky character in this film and um, like I said it's 1932 so it's coming off Dracula by a few years already so you typically see him in universal films uh, low budget films this is definitely low budget like I said it only runs 61 minutes long so if you have an hour, it's just a quickie, interesting type of a film. Uh, not Lugosi's, Lugosi's best work, but it's still an enjoyable and insanely weird film. I'll give it a six and a half out of ten. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've never seen that one actually. Yeah, it's weird. Either. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always wanted to check it out, and it's really weird that it doesn't have its own release. Yeah, I think that's really strange. But um, I like the story, though. The story is pretty interesting. Yeah. So. But what'd you give that one? Six and a half? Yeah. Cool. Cool stuff. Alrighty, so uh, first film I'm going to talk about here is a film from 2006. Uh, it's a Canadian film, actually, and it's called The Mad. <laughs> the Mad. Um, yeah, this is a zombie film starring Billy Zane, of all people. Nice. Dude, Billy so Zane's random. awesome in Demon Knight. Yeah, man. Billy Zane just pops up in the most random films. Also... This one also has uh, what's her name, Maggie Castle in it. She's the girl from, uh, um, uh, I was gonna say Tucker and Dale, um, the uh, <laughs> fucking Canadian, the Canadian horror show. Um, Todd and Book of Pure Evil. Or Todd whatever. and the Book of Pure Evil. Just I've never even seen that. <laughs> you just have to say Jason Mewes, and I know you're Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Um, yeah, she's the hot chick from um, that TV show. Um, yeah, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Fucking fantastic show. I don't know how the hell I forgot that title for a minute. Um, basically, this one is about um, Billy Zane and his daughter, played by Maggie Castle. They are on a road trip. Uh, Billy Zane is seeing the – he's got a new girlfriend. His wife had just passed away a couple years before. And, of course, his daughter has her boyfriend with them too. And they're traveling to some carnival park or whatever. They stop in the small town to grab a bite to eat. And essentially um, what happens is uh, the hamburger and shit got tainted somehow in a small <laughs> town. And they're, they're actually known. They're like a really famous small town. And they're known for like their their famous hamburgers. And, of course, the hamburger meat gets tainted. And uh, 
people eat that burgers and they turn into like fucking ravaging zombies basically <laughs> so now it's just a fight for their survival to get the fuck out of the small ass town while these people are infected with whatever the hell mad cow disease or some shit <laughs> so uh yeah supremacy your film right there um so obviously this movie is like a zomcom um it's actually pretty fucking entertaining man the comedy in this is pretty uh you know it's pretty smart actually it's not annoying uh, you like all the characters. Billy Zane's awesome. He's kind of like a, uh, he plays a doctor. So he kind of has like that serious role. But the funny thing about his character is that he, he, back in the 80s, he was like the lead singer of this like pop progressive weird technotronic band. <laughs> and he keeps getting brought up in the film and shit. It's fucking actually pretty funny. But um, I have to say, man, it was pretty fun. Like I thought the, the way the zombies looked in the film were pretty cool. Um, the one little weird thing about this movie that was very odd to me was that they actually CG'd the hamburger because the hamburger would actually like, <laughs> it would kind of like move around like the stuff, you know, it would like move around and latch <laughs> itself onto people and it would like kind of attack you that way and shit like that. It would, you know, not only ingesting, it would turn you into a zombie or whatever, but it would also attack you and shit too. It was really fucking strange, but it was like CG, but it was actually kind of funny CG. So it actually kind of worked. Um, but yeah, overall, man, it was just, it was enjoyable. I think there was a little bit of slow parts in the middle of the film, um, at times just with certain kind of character development, which was actually kind of funny for these characters that eventually just die. (laughs) But I don't know, man, it was, it was pretty fun, man. I had a blast with it. Uh, Not really a whole lot to say about it. It's um, a pretty quick watch. It runs just about 80 minutes, so it doesn't uh, overstay its welcome at all. And I had a lot of fun with it. The music in the film was great. I thought the setting was pretty cool. And like I said, you know, very kind of limited characters, but, uh, Billy Zane pulls it off. I, I, I think he's, he's awesome. He's, like I said, he's a doctor and he wears his glasses in the film. And he's just, there's something about it that just cracks him up every time he fucking talks. It's pretty funny, but, um, I do recommend The Mad. I thought it was, uh, very entertaining. And I'm not really the biggest fan of Zomcoms, to be honest. Uh, they're more missed than hit with me. And I thought this one kind of hit its mark. You know, it's not fantastic. It's not shitty or anything. So, I do recommend it, and I give it a good seven out of ten. It's uh, very recommended. So, ooh, cool. Check out the Mad. Man, we are just cruising. The next film that I'm going to talk about is actually one that you just mentioned a couple seconds ago, and that is Troll Two from the year 1990. <laughs> uh, so this one follows a, va- a family that's vacationing to a small town called Nilbog, which is goblin spelled backwards, and they are kind of. It's like a. Uh, for an exchange student, but with a family, like this family's going to go live in their house and this one's going to go live in their house. So, um, that was their idea. They go to this small town, uh, that just happens to be inhabited by goblins, not trolls, goblins. And they are disguising themselves as the humans in the town. They're also vegetarians and they're there to eat the family. Meanwhile, the young boy has connections through psychic ability with his dead grandfather who's trying to help him you know uncover this goblin community and stop them from eating his family (laughs) so this one is like i'm curious man if you gave troll a four i'm curious on your rating on this one one and a half you know what like it really is like some of the like worst acting, man. Is well, when you compare the two films, isn't the production value of the first film like a thousand times better? The first film is absolutely better than the second film. Is it a masterpiece the- compared to the second film? No, but it's no. it's a definitely a better film compared. Like structurally, script wise, dialogue wise, everything wise, the first film is way above this one. 
but I find this one way more entertaining. Um, and it helped, it helped like knowing the history and like the cult status of it. I'm not going to lie. It did. And if I knew none of that stuff and I, I watched this, I might not have had the same reaction, but because I was looking at it, looking to see it as one of those, like, uh, so bad it's good movies. I think it did help me a bit. Um, I still find it slightly annoying though. Like it, it's, it is entertaining at times, but last night I was like feeling real sick and I was like, Oh my God, this movie's long. Um, you, you know, I think it's, I think it's only about 95 minutes, but to me <laughs> it was, longer than that. It, it just seemed like it was dragging at times. There's a lot of filler in this film, but there is some really cool moments. Like even some of the effects look pretty cool with the, um, like there's a scene where the kid gets like trees grown out of his hands and shit. I was like, holy shit, that <laughs> yeah, looks man. really good. He's in the car and stuff. Um, and then there's other scenes like with the actual goblins that look awful. Like they look, <laughs> they, they, they just look terrible. Um, but there's some really kooky characters in this one, that, which definitely helps because they just, the stuff that they say is just like, are you serious? Like somebody wrote this down and then you read this out loud. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun, and I do get the appeal of it because it is such a weird, kooky movie. Um, it's definitely a bad movie. That's a hundred percent sure. Uh, but I actually did like this one more than the first troll film. Uh, it's not better, but I liked it more. And based on entertainment value alone, I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. Same <laughs> <a> fucking rating. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. But it's worth a four. That just though. fucking almost floored me. I was expecting like four and a half or something. Like, no, it's a four. <laughs> yeah, because look, okay, this film would be a three because it's such a bad made movie. But since I, I am going to give it points for its entertainment value, and it's now a four movie. And I normally don't factor in entertainment value so heavily, but this one, <laughs> I definitely did. Fun. That just totally caught me off guard, man. <laughs> this is so good. But All that right, was an so... odd double feature. I watched them both back to back in a row, which was like really painful at the same time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jeremy. <laughs> All right. I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> okay, so I'm up. So the next film I watched, um, keeping up with the German expressionism kick that I had last week. With the doc, uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, I uh, figured we'd go to the next big film in the German Expressionism era, and that, of course, is Nosferatu, which is probably the most famous um, of the bunch of German films that came out. In, Never even heard of it before. <laughs> in the early I've, 1920s. I've actually seen Nosferatu. 1930s. <laughs> so, after success of Caligari and The Golem, which is another really, really awesome um expressionist film uh you know germany was usually still in shackles after the devastation of world war one and what i need to pick up man the golem yeah it's really good so germany world war one um absolutely fucked up after the treaty of Versailles, and um their economy just went down the motherfucking shitter um, it was like one U.S. dollar was like six million marks, so they had to carry like a barrel of money to go buy a loaf of bread. <laughs> but even though that shit was bad, people were still going to the movies because they didn't have much other shit to do they besides go to the movies. Well, not even that. You know, there was nothing going on because there was no jobs. Nobody had any money. To well, they do were going anything. to the movies because carrying around a barrel of money was a lot fucking harder than going to the films. Yeah, so, so it was just cheaper to go to the movies. 
which, you know, it actually helped, uh, you know, Germany get through the rough, you know, economic times that was going on. So the film industry in Germany, though, boomed, 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 even though there was shit going on. And um, right next to the United States, Germany was the second biggest film country in the world. So Caligari Golem, you know, um, brought in this idea of expressionism that was seen in paintings and theater. You know, you guys all have seen the paintings and stuff like that. So Nosferatu, 1922, um, the film, as everybody knows the history, originally was supposed to be a direct, uh, Murnau wanted to do a direct uh, adaptation of Dracula, but they couldn't get a right, the rights from Bram Stroker. Bram Stroker was still around at this time, I'm pretty sure. No, I think it was his daughter, wasn't it? His daughter? Yeah. All right, so they couldn't get the rights from the film, so they just said, fuck this, and we'll make our own character. And, of course, that turned out to be Nosferatu. And the film, of course, uh, Bram Stroker's daughter was not very happy with that. And uh, Stoker. Stoker. Not, not Stroker. Stroker. <laughs> I just I'm gonna, keep thinking of penises, man. I'm going stro- <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stroke you. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, man. I've, I've, the last couple of videos I've watched, people have shown off Bram Stoker stuff and said Stroker and corrected themselves. Why? I, just, I, I don't know why everyone says like Stroker. It's so weird. Maybe I think it just I'm, sounds Maybe I'm talking to million... pronounce that way and me and you are the idiots? <laughs> maybe no, I'm it just, actually is Stoker. I'm, I'm talking a million miles in an hour. But anyway, Stroker. Stoker. Yeah, I just <laughs> did it again. again. <laughs> See? It's, it's just like natural to say Stroker. Yes. You know? I'm going to write it down so I don't say it again. What did he say that – whose name did he always fuck up? Klaus Kikinski, he would say. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. Yeah. Klaus Kinski. Like Klaus Kikinski. Okay. <laughs> so film never got shown in the United States until 1929. So it took seven years for all that legal shit to actually die down before the film finally got released here. Came here. It was a pretty big hit um, just like Caligari. So uh, basically it's your basic – Dracula tale but with a little bit of a twist on it I'm not really going to get into the story because uh, it's a pretty influential see I can't even speak film and a lot of people you know I've seen it Um, so what do I think about this one compared to last week with Caligari Um, like I said last week I wouldn't give this film a 10 but there's it's still a really really strong film and um, the sets and Nosferatu, the character himself, is, a, is he's really, really fucking creepy. And, he is um, fucking creepy, man. I would imagine he's in, 19, super creepy. in 1922 That's... when this came out in Germany and people fucking saw this, this you know, this being come out of the coffin like the, in the famous scene where he sits up. And I bet you people lost their fucking shit. And I could totally see why. Even today, you know, the film is uh, – 90 90 years old about 90 years old it's give or take so i could see back then that people were just fucking losing their shit when it came out 93 years 93 years old so um but like i said it has everything that a german expressionist film has um you know the sets and the actors blending in with the mise-en-scene and things like that but check it out it's fucking nosferatu if you haven't seen nosferatu i don't know what the fuck you're doing um yeah i'm gonna give this one a nine and a half out of ten <laughs> but, but, and then and then q q jp hear me out that's I historical actually, bias i was just gonna say historical biasm right there man no see i actually like uh Warnos and uh fucking claus kinski's <laughs> rendition better but 
I, I don't know, I, man. I, like, I don't think I'm the only one who has I, I seen – this is one I actually can comment on um, since I have seen it. And it's definitely creepy as hell. Like he looks good. It has a really like thick foreboding atmosphere and stuff that I enjoy. But like to me, it's like – it's just well, just not. based off of memory, what would you actually rate this film? Have you probably ever rated it about, probably about a seven point five or an eight? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like I haven't watched it. Moods. I, I, you know, honestly, I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember just loving this film, man. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and being really surprised at how fucking versatile. Like, I don't know, man. It just kind of it creeps you out, man. It's a creepy it fucking. Does. Movie. And when you like, look, it's really surprising. You're just like, damn, man, what the when, fuck? When man? you look at the list of, you know, popular expressionism, expressionist films that came out, you know, Caligari, Nasiratu, The Golem, Waxwork, uh, The Hands of Orlock, those are the, basically the big five German expressionism films that have come out. Um, all five of those are good, and all of them are, you know, nine to ten quality type of films. So, you know, Germans knew what they were doing. I'll talk about Waxworks a little bit next week. I'm just going to keep going watching these expressionism films. But, you know, there's not really a bad one, to be completely honest, unless you really, really look for, you know, some some bad ones. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. Like, to me, it's just like there's a lot – like, I, I, maybe it's just I'm not good at watching silent films because, like, for example, I watched The Phantom of the Opera recently for the first time. I think you'd be good at those because – you know, with the with the subtitles and or not with the sub. Well, you still <laughs> it's not it. subtitles. It's like little pauses. It's, and it's inner like, titles. Yeah, the inner titles. Like, yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, essentially it's the same. You still have to read them. You yeah, know, it's but kind of. I just feel like when I watch one of those, I'm like, yeah, there was some really cool moments in that, but about ten minutes worth in an eighty minute movie or whatever. JP, and I'm just the like, movie's ninety three years old. Exactly, but that doesn't mean that I have to like. Like, I'm still judging it as a movie, right? Like, I'm watching it as a movie. Yeah, you're watching it as a movie, but you have to put in context how old the movie is and how they didn't have the same you know, things I do, that we have today. I do agree with that, though. I mean, if you're watching a film from 1920, you got to think about it. That movie was made in 1920. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and, well, and like, that's what was put on the screen in 1920 is pretty fucking original. They have nothing to go off. Yeah, if I was in 1920 and there was no other movies out, yeah, that would probably be like the best movie I ever seen. But the thing is, is there is other movies out, and I debate with myself all the time. It's do I put on those glasses that make me see this film at the time that it was made, and factor that into how good the film is today? Because that's when we're judging it is today, and I don't really know the answer. Like, yeah, okay, maybe it is better to rate a film based on like this retroactive scenario. Or is it better to rate the film based on what it is today? I and, think I think you got to look at the time it was actually made, though. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of different aspects, you know, like they they obviously couldn't do certain things back then, so they had to, you know, kind of work around that. And I mean, what they did in those films is pretty amazing. You know, so you got oh, to judge I it like that. Like, I agree, but does that right? Does that change the uh, quality of how good the film is to watch? Well, I guess I mean that's where the argument is, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I, mean, I'm I guess, I guess it all depends on the I don't individual. Know. Like I, I do sometimes factor in, like, well, they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that, but then should I factor in if it's a first time filmmaker or if it's the first time actor or you know, there's so many different things that you can start factoring in when you put these, you know, stipulations on on 
you know these things at the end of the day it's just whatever i don't really care it's fun to it's fun to <laughs> you should watch some old films jp I, I do but i mean you don't watch you don't watch enough old films you got to give them a chance i do I, I have given them chances and i'm not and an eight isn't a bad rating you I know seven and a half <laughs> isn't a bad rating but uh, i just feel like I don't know. It, it, the question comes up, how do you rate the film? And that's that's really the debate here. It's not whether the film's actually um, mm-hmm. good, you know, because we all are in agreement that it's good. It's just, do you factor those things in? And I personally haven't been doing that. Um, but if you want to rate, if, you know, I understand if you want to rate your films and factor that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. So that was nine and a half? Okay. Cool. All right. So next film here I'm going to talk about here is – I have to say here again. Really? Um, <laughs> is from 2011, I believe. Or no, 2009 I think it came out in. Uh, let me – yeah, I don't know. It says 2009 on the DVD, 2011 on IMDb. That's fucking weird. <laughs> that usually doesn't happen like that. Yeah, it's uh, usually but, the other way. That's it funny. totally is. It's totally the opposite, usually. Uh, released by Phase 4 Films. Uh, this one's called The Depraved. Is this the one with the guy like like this? Like an old guy on the cover? Let me see the cover. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I have that. Okay. So The Depraved um, <clears throat> is basically about uh, four... Um, I guess I guess, I think they're American actually. Uh, Americans in uh, they're in Germany and they are there to explore. Uh, so what they've done is they've hired on this um, this local tour guide. He's kind of like an underground, like literally an underground uh, tour guide. His name is Chris, uh, and he they they want to explore like these these tunnels underneath uh, Berlin, um, you know that the Nazis had made during the war and shit like that and. Apparently, there's lots of cool shit down there to see and stuff. So they hire on this guy to take him down to the tunnel. So, of course, uh, Chris takes him down there, starts showing him around. And um, basically what happens is uh, Chris actually ends up falling off this fucking – off this, uh, I don't know, from like a high level and getting all fucked up. So a couple of the, the Americans, they take off to um, go get some help. And uh, out of the fucking blue, some random dude shows up. His name is Armin or something like that. Armin. Uh, he claims that he's like the, this border patrol guy that works, you know, he used to work for East Germany. Um, and uh, he offers to help out. So he takes him to the guests and then shit goes fucking haywire from there, of course. Right. So that is basically the plot of the film. Um, now, my thoughts on this one. Uh, you know, it's pretty fucking cliched. I mean, come on, really? I mean, we've seen this story done a million times. Uh, does this one separate itself from all the other films that are like this? Not really at all. Um, the characters are whatever, you know, you don't really get to know them that well. You don't really give a shit about them too much. I think, you know, the dude showing up randomly in the film is just bad, bad script writing. Like, it's just, you know, they're so willing you know, to go with them and like, wouldn't you be a little fucking freaked out that you're like, we're talking, you know, a hundred feet down below the ground and all of a sudden yeah. some random dude finds you and then offers to help out. Like, wouldn't you be a little curious on what the fuck is going on there? But anyways, these idiots, of course, make the stupid ass horror movie move and they go to his little bunker area where, you know, like I said, shit goes nuts. Um, seriously. Um, 
I will say it's pretty fucking gory. It's pretty gory. Uh, it's really not boring. But there's some, there's just not a lot to offer here. There's nothing new in this story at all. Um, I will say though, the killer, uh, the the dude, he looks pretty fucking rad. Like he's pretty, he's pretty badass in this man. He's like that real typical kind of brute German fucking pretty nasty. Got some pretty cool weapons and shit, but there's really not a whole lot to offer. But I will say the ending was pretty interesting. It's pretty bleak, um, pretty nasty. So I mean. I guess it was kind of worth it, you know, to stick around for the full whatever it was, fucking 80, 85 minutes or whatever the fuck it was. But, but yeah, just another one of those films that's just okay. You know, there's, it's not terrible. It's not great. There's just not really a whole lot to say about it, which is kind of disappointing. And it's very, very average. It's kind of forgettable at the same time. So I give it just a five out of 10 because I did like the gore. Um, I thought the settings that they used, I don't know where they filmed this in. I'm assuming they didn't film it down in those, in those tunnels because they probably can't. But I thought the settings were actually really fucking creepy. It was shot really well. Uh, there's a lot of good things that are going for it, but it's just, it's just your basic cliched story. So five out of 10, the, the depraved. Nice, nice. Um, all right. So you guys probably shouldn't be surprised to what my segment is. But it is uh, Horror 101, which is where we talk about a horror documentary. And I can't imagine what this documentary what, is. What do you guys think it is? Hmm. Uh, it's the best film is not yet rated. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Best Worst <laughs> Movie from 2009. Uh, this is, of course, the documentary, not on the Troll series, but on Troll 2 specifically, considering Troll 1 and 2 have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Um Wow, this 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 documentary, I have heard good things about it, but I was completely surprised on how good it actually is. It is so interesting. They caught like lightning in a bottle and it just so happened that everybody fuck that made Troll 2 is absolutely insane. <laughs> um, so they were able to follow these people around. Uh they they start with the um dad. And this guy, this guy is just awesome to watch okay he is just this eccentric like crazy guy who's like a dentist and is like extra happy almost to where it's creep creepy and as we follow him through this story he's like it, it almost feels like everybody and like a lot of the people involved in this film like don't get the joke like don't get why it's like even him he understands like he's like hey troll i was in troll too you know it it's like the worst movie on imdb it was like voted the worst movie and and then i had this line where i'm like like you don't piss on hospitality like and he's like real excited to share this with people and because he had seen that people are into it i don't think he really understood why they were so when he tries to tell other people who are not into it he just comes off like crazy as hell because he just feels like, oh, if these people like it, then everybody would like it. Um, so he's just always like in people's face, like, hey, I was in this film, Troll Two, and it's like, no, it's like the best worst movie ever, and, like, you know what I mean? But he, but he wasn't that enthusiastic when they went to the UK, though. Yeah, and then he realizes, like, uh, like, like he was so confused because they go to you the UK to this like um, props. Uh, convention and nobody is interested in the troll two stuff at all and he seems really puzzled by it at first and he's like i can't believe this because you got to figure every place that he's been to was specifically yeah. for troll two so like he just like sees all this like overwhelming support for it to where he's just kind of surprised and in awe that people are not supporting it 
So that's why he kind of pushes it onto people and it makes for some incredible situations. It really does. And that's just one guy. There's so many more people that they talk to in this. Like the director is amazing. This guy has no idea what's going on. He like, legitimately he thinks he made a, he, to the situation. I love the fact that he legitimately thinks that his film was amazing. And that's what is so awesome about it. <laughs> People have talked about this so, so many good, times. Man. What I have makes, it. I'll have to watch it. What makes, like, he's so serious when people are like, you know, they're making fun of the film and he's just like, oh, they just, these Americans, they just don't get it. But no, <laughs> I mean, I even think that it, he's even more confused than that. But first, as we've said many, many times, me and you moods, um, when you try to make a bad movie, it doesn't work. When you try to make a very, very good movie and it ends up bad, that's when you have the so bad it's good. That's absolutely what Troll 2 is. And to see the director of this film where he first is kind of like brought into – like he sees all these people going to see his film like years later. Like he's kind of in, in, in awe. And then when they're laughing, he's like, he's like I, I really don't understand because they're laughing at stuff that's not intentionally funny. He's like, I, I'm kind of confused by all this. You know what I mean? Like he just doesn't get – he doesn't get it at all. It, like no. at all he does not get it he thinks he made this he even breaks down and talks about like it's about a family who like he's really into it and really thinks he did like a damn well good job and then when somebody brings up something that was shitty about it because some of the actors know like some of the actors know like like yeah this is all like fun and games and stuff we made a terrible movie like but they'll start talking about like oh yeah we didn't even have scripts and stuff he'll be like he'll be like no no not true not true not true he's just bad actor he's bad actor (laughs) he's like we cut his scenes because he's bad actor like it is this is amazing this is a great documentary it's so entertaining these people it's like a character study of these actors who are these weird people that just all happen to be in the same film, which is completely strange to happen. Normally it's like one person, but like everybody is this weird character that that was in Troll 2. And it makes Troll 2 way more enjoyable for one. And, you know, two, it just it kind of opens your eyes to like the 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 world a little bit like there is some weird people out there who just end up in the like in most insane situations i i I really did enjoy this there is like normally when you have a documentary the, the key is to tell a story and then find a uh arc to tell it in you find something while you're in the editing process or while you're doing the documentary where you find okay this is who we're going to tell the story through or this is how we're going to tell the story the the overall idea is there but you have to just like in psycho legacy how it was they really kind of ended up telling the story through anthony perkins like that's how a great documentary is made and this one kills it because we follow the dad and he just I, I can't give this enough praise. This is a this is one of the best documentaries I've seen. I give it a nine and a half out of ten. Doesn't make the ten mark. Nine out of ten. Nine, nine and, and a half. half out of oh, ten. Nine and a half out of ten. Man, dude, you know what? You know what's fucking like? <laughs> I love the dad's reaction. I, I can't think of his name right now. When they're uh, when they're talking to the mother in the film, and oh she's, my god, she's, she's obviously. Too. Well, she's like le- like legitimately crazy, man. Like she's obviously got some kind of like phobia about leaving the house. You, I don't know if you caught that vibe, yeah, but like she yeah. does not leave the house, mm-hmm. right? Kind of thing. But then, like when her mom and like I think her mom was started freaking out or some shit. 
like the look on his fucking face was like dude when he went to the that was the only time in the film that was the only time in the film he stopped smiling (laughs) it was like it was like oh my god he stopped smiling something happened when he went to the horror convention and he just realized nobody gave a fuck about troll 2 that much It was hilarious. Oh yeah. He, at first he was all he was happy to be there. By the way, people dressed listen, though. He's not like, at first. Not at first. He was all into it and stuff. And then when he realized nobody really cared about Troll Two, and he was much more interested in this girl from uh, Elm Street Five, he starts getting def- like offended and starts talking shit on everybody. <laughs> it's yeah, hilarious. He's like, "This is a disgusting place. I felt like I had to wash my hands six times now." <laughs> he's like, "Look at the way people dress around here." fucking freaks he's like what kind of shit is this <laughs> it's it's so good dude best yeah. worst movie you can get this thing for like five dollars on yeah, amazon worse, like oh, i was so surprised by this man because i thought it was gonna be like entertaining but i didn't think it was gonna actually have like this like, this over like uh, like an overall story to it like it was awesome i was so happy watching this yeah it's good stuff it's good stuff jeremy all right <clears throat> So for this week's Jeremy's Midnight Movie, we have a pretty interesting film from the year 2010 titled Undocumented. Now, this film is really, really interesting. So we basically follow a graduate film crew. It's shot found footage style, kind of. Uh, we, follow, we follow a graduate graduate documentary, documentary film students as they attempt to document a illegal immigrant crossing from Mexico over to the United States. So they go to Mexico and they, you know, they find one of the sound guys, uh, brother or cousin who still lives in Mexico and they're going to follow him as he illegally crosses the border into America. So they go down Mexico, they pay this guy who is going to help him cross um, through this drug tunnel um, from Mexico to the United States. So everything goes, they go to cross the border and um, they get across the border and they get into this truck and this truck um, is supposed to take them to the safe house. So they get in the truck and they start driving and they get pulled over by what seems like a cop and um, he takes the truck, this person takes the truck and drives them to this place and he opens up the back of the truck and, you know, all the illegal immigrants are in the back of the truck. And we find out that there is this secret organization that kidnaps illegal Mexican immigrants and tortures them pretty much for crossing the Amer- for crossing the border illegally. They're true patriots, as they like to call themselves. So instead of killing the college kids who are, you know, the college document documentary students the the organization says hey if you film our message we'll let you go so they it's them just filming the fucked up shit that this these people do to these illegal immigrants and um some of the stuff is really really harsh and hard to watch at sometimes because these people have no hearts and they they fuck some of these uh immigrants up pretty pretty hardcore but it's told in a really interesting and um uh compelling story it's never boring or anything like that which is that you would think would be typical for a film like this that it would have a political message about uh immigration and stuff like that but it, it really doesn't have a huge moral about uh immigration laws and stuff like that it's just basically just a slub a subplot to get to 
the organization. It's really not that big of a deal in the long term, like people would think if they would read the synopsis of the story. But like I said, it has some really, really interesting torture scenes and some interesting gore. The ending is okay. It's nothing fantastic. You know, it's kind of predictable at some parts. But besides that, this is a really, really interesting and well-done IFC film, to be completely honest, in a library of films that are usually not very good or mediocre. This one's actually pretty solid, and I would recommend you guys check it out. Um, eight and a half out of ten. Shit. Nope. I actually I, – I know <clears throat> something about this film. It, <clears throat> but I, I can't remember. Like it, it wasn't bringing back memories when you was describing it, but I definitely – Moots, have you seen I've it? I've heard about it before. No. Oh, yeah, it's good. You should check it out. What was the title again? Undocumented. Yeah, Undocumented. That's right. You get it on Amazon Prime for like six bucks. So, mm, Cool. I recommend it. Julio. Alrighty. So for my Italian stallion of the week, or stallions, as I'm going to put it this week. Yes, this is going to be a double feature because I had to do it as a double feature because these movies actually go hand in hand. Those don't um, give a fuck about the rules. He's no, it, it's it's basically one big fucking movie, which is really cool. Uh, these, um, it's basically Bruno Mattai's last two films that he did before he passed away. Um, first of all, from 2006, a uh, film called Island of the Living Dead. Um, basically, <laughs> this one uh, follows a group of uh, treasure hunters. Um, they're on a boat and they're obviously searching for treasure. Uh, they come across some treasure, but they fucking lose it because they're a bunch of fucking morons. Um, and ultimately, some kind of weird ass current, something happens with the weather and shit like that. And they end up uh, near this island that was actually not on their map or anything. They're all so they're all confused. They're like, where the fuck did this island come from? We shouldn't even be near, uh, we shouldn't be near land at all. So anyways, they, uh, they get off their ship because they're all, their ship's all fucked up. And, um, so they get, get onto this island. And of course, they are approached by zombies and fucking all hell breaks loose, of course, right? Okay. So if you guys are familiar with Bruno Matai, you know that his films are very, very schlocky and fun as shit. Um, this one right here, and well, the thing about Bruno Matai that he's famous for is ripping off people. And I don't know how a guy has made an entire career out of ripping off things so blatantly in his films and getting away with it. But when they get to the island in the film here, the whole fucking first scene from Night of the Living Dead is in this film. I shit you not, but they just changed the names. So the the one girl, uh, this Asian girl, she's sitting in this cemetery, and there's this guy, and he's he's bugging her about how the zombies are gonna come and get her, and he's doing like <laughs> li- he's doing fucking line for line in this scene, and I'm just I'm they're fucking... coming to get you. Like, oh yeah, that. he's he says all, and he's like, "There's one right there." <laughs> it fucking it's I'm pissing myself like ten minutes into this film, like this is awesome, and of course in true Italian fashion, Bruno Mattai, the, the dubbing of course is you know they're dubbed, so it, it adds to the charm to the film right there. You know it's just it's awesome. Um, so therefore I can't even tell if some of the acting's even really that bad, but all I know is the dubbing, some of the voices don't necessarily fit the the actors that well. Um, but uh, you know. That's a whole different story right there. It doesn't really matter. You don't watch a Bruno Mattia film for the fucking story or the uh, the acting. Uh, but I will say, though, the zombies, and they look pretty fucking badass in this. And the cool thing about this movie is that there's no CGI. It's all practical effects, which is interesting because I was reading a – I was reading a review and it was like, oh, you know, I like Bruno Mattia films, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the CG added to the charm of the film. And I was like, what CG? 
the fuck film are you watching, man? <laughs> I'm like, there's just nonstop head explosions in this film. It's wicked. But it kind of turns it, it turns into like a really weird like backstory with why there's zombies on the film or on the island and and all that type of good shit. And it's actually quite intriguing. Like there's so much story development throughout the film for a Bruno Mattai film. You're going, damn, that's not bad. <laughs> and you're thinking, where the fuck did he rip this off from? <laughs> um, but overall, man, right from start to finish, it's just a fun bad film you know it's meant to be a good film which jp will appreciate you know he took pride in his work you know which was cool and tried to make a really fun and good film but you know it comes off schlocky to us because of the dubbing and and certain rip-off moments schlock can be good no but it is it's just a fun it's it's a bad good movie and these are the type of movies that you just you put on have a couple beers and you just love there's so much fun not really a whole lot to say about it but i will like i said about the story i was really kind of you know taken back by the amount of story development and where this thing went with the backstory and how these why there's zombies on this island it was actually pretty intriguing um but uh and it comes to the end and it's got this really kind of cheese ball ending, which is pretty fun. So, um, but that's Island of the Living Dead and I'll get to my ratings after. And basically the next one here is from 2007 is the film that was filmed at the exact same time as Island of the Living Dead. And it's called Zombies the Beginning. God only knows why this movie is called Zombies the Beginning because this is a pure sequel to the, the last film. It literally starts off exactly where the last scene is, but it doesn't follow what happened in the last scene, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Only really. Bruno Mattai would ignore what happens to the girl in the final scene of <laughs> Island of the Living Dead and change it I'm up confused. for the beginning scene of Zombies. I'm Basically, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but anyways, I so, the same gir- so the same girl that's in the- Island of the Living Dead, she's in Zombies. Anyways, so this one starts out where um, after the events of the first film, she is taken to a hospital and where she's being interviewed by this uh, – uh, the, this company called Tyler Incorporated or whatever. And she's trying to tell them the story about what happened to her and her friends and how she's the only survivor and all these zombies, they attacked everybody and shit just went fucking crazy. And of course they're not believing her at all. So she's having like all these crazy nightmares about the, you know, having flashbacks. It's basically just scenes from the first film, <laughs> which, which is very quick. It's done. Okay. But it's repetitive a little bit. Um, but, uh, so anyways, so, you know, they kind of leave her alone. Six months later, uh, Tyler Incorporated comes to her and says, we need your help because uh, we had a crew that went to this island that you said, you know, with all these zombies and stuff. And we lost contact with our crew. Um, we need your help. Does this not sound familiar at all? <laughs> so she teams up with Tyler Incorporated and they go to the island. It is the exact plot of Aliens. <laughs> really? It's the exact plot of Aliens, the same plot. He stole <laughs> the entire plot of Aliens. How does he not get sued? It's so crazy. And you know what? Make To make matters funnier, this movie has like the Terminator 2 theme in it, which is fucking funny. <laughs> and even to make things even funnier, there's scenes that are taken right from Crimson Tide that you can see Viggo Mortensen like right in the scenes. <laughs> like I'm fucking laughing so hard. I'm like, what the fuck, man? It's so funny. But the storyline is aliens with zombies so basically sharon is a doctor and she's the girl from the first one in this one uh she teams up with tyler incorporated so they go to investigate what the hell happened to their crew and of course they're attacked by zombies and shit goes fucking crazy and there is literally scenes throughout this film that are identical to aliens like the scenes where 
the the people are being hatched out of the eggs and all all that shit's in here, man. It is fucking amazing. It's such a good it's such a good ripoff, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> I had it's such a blast funny. with this film. I'm literally watching this, going, "Holy fuck!" Now I remember that from Aliens. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. But once again, it's the same shit. It's basically the exact same film as you know, Island of the Living Dead, but just you know. You know, the zombies look fantastic. There's tons of head explosions, lots of good gore, the bad dubbing, the just, oh man, what a fucking blast. I watched these back to back as a double feature, not even knowing that this movie was a direct sequel. So the opening scene in Zombies at the Beginning had me laughing and pissing myself. I was like, this is fucking awesome. I can't believe I actually planned this out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a riot. So, I mean, if you know what Aliens is, you pretty much know what's going to happen in the film. <laughs> So, uh, but all I can say though, is pick up these two films and watch them back to back. It's three hours that you'll probably have fun with because I don't know how anybody couldn't have fun with this. Just don't take them serious. Bruno Mattia at his best. It's too bad he passed passed away right after these, but, um, you know, there's lots of other scenes and lots of other nods to not nods, maybe just inspiration quoting (laughs) from other films that you'll notice in these ones. It's pretty fucking funny. I, I mean, all I can say is that check them out released by intervision they're awesome island living De- island of the living dead i'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 it was pretty fun i'm going to give zombies the beginning 7.5 because for the sheer ripoff factor and how well and how like just how hilarious that he did it you know i have to give him just a step higher on that one so but uh it was a, it was a fun fucking 3 hours that's all i'm going to say so <laughs> check awesome. them out bruno matai's awesomeness yeah Cool. <laughs> so that is going to do it for what we watched and our segments. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to quick cuts. JP, you got a couple quick cuts? Uh, yeah, but I only have two, so I might spend a little extra time on them. I'll still be done before you're done with yours. Um, so first up, we have From Beyond from 1986. I finally caught this one. Uh, of course, directed by Stuart Gordon, who did Dolls and uh, Reanimator, some other films. Uh, this one is really cool. A group of scientists messing around with uh, a thing called a resonator, which is supposed to stimulate your pineal gland, which is also uh, kind of what you know gives off like pleasure and stuff. Uh, so the pineal gland. I thought that was your penis gland. Oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> if you guys remember, we watched the film The Banshee Chapter. That was kind of messing around with like dimethyltryptamine in your pineal gland. So um, it's kind of similar-ish. Uh, and basically it's like another world. It's called the beyond, you know, from beyond. Uh, and we have, of course, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, Ken Foray, man. And he's awesome in this. Uh, this is a really fun movie. It's very entertaining, uh, just effects heavy. You have a lot of cool ideas, almost comes off kind of Hellraiser ish to me, which I was like, I would like, I was thinking like, this would be a great double feature to watch with Hellraiser. This one's a little lighter on tone and the fun. Hellraiser is a little more dark and just effed up, but I feel like they're kind of dealing with a, a similar subject, um, just done in a different way. Uh, of course, this was based off of an H.P. Lovecraft story. I'm not familiar at all with that, um, but I had a ton of fun with it. The disc is awesome, got a lot of special features. The commentary with Stuart Gordon and uh, Brian Usna. Uh, Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs. That one's a lot of fun. They're just reminiscing, talking about the fun times making it. The second audio commentary was with uh, the screenwriter, and it was one of the worst commentaries I've ever heard. 
to be honest. He doesn't really talk a lot. Um, then we have some special effects, makeup featurette, really cool stuff here, guys. You, I don't know if you check this out or not, Modes. Definitely check out that uh, that special feature. Um, they talk how shit was made, and it's, it's truly incredible. Um, they talk about, uh, you know, they have Charles Band on there and stuff. A bunch of, bunch of features. Sorry taking so long, but a bunch of features on there. I thought it was funny because one of the things that they mentioned was in Rome, uh, where they was filming it, they couldn't the the they're so the 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 crew was so used to films just being dubbed that when they would say like action everybody would just start talking and like <laughs> like laughing and shit and they'd be like yo we're trying to film a movie here and they and they'd be like what what <laughs> like they didn't get it um so anyway reanimate or uh fucking from beyond great film a lot of fun special features that's a great disc i I really like that one by scream factory i give it a eight out of ten in terms of film second film i watched of course was the mist from the year 2007 this film is truly amazing to me i absolutely love it frank darabont does an introduction i finally caught it in the black and white i love the introduction why does every film not have an introduction from the director to clear up any issues or things right away so you can kind of see what he was thinking he said he always in like envisioned this film in black and white and when it starts playing in black and white you can totally see that you can feel it you can see that it was made to look that way um so i caught it in black and white great movie i i mean i could honestly talk about this one for a long time because there's specific scenes that i think mean so much anyway it's a fantastic movie 9.5 out of 10 only reason it doesn't get a 10, there's some spotty CGI in it, and I feel like there's one or two scenes that are kind of just like, you know, kind of shoved in. I, I don't I, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, yeah, so that's my quick cuts. Q. Q. Alrighty. Um, no, I, I don't have as many as last week. <laughs> Do you think Thank you'll God, be done right? before I was? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to rip through these. Uh, first up here from 1980 is New Year's Evil, the Scream Factory Blu-ray. Uh, first off, I will say the PQ was pretty good on it. It does look pretty damn good. Uh, I'm not going to get too much in the plot, but it's basically about a guy that um, decides that he wants to kill somebody at midnight in each of the three time zones on New Year's Eve, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah. And basically your main person, in the film is supposed to be the last. She's like the host of this, uh, this music, a thon type deal. Um, I'm going to give it a six out of 10. I've never really been the hugest fan of this movie. Um, I think the story, it, there's a lot more that could be better about the film. I think it's executed a little poorly. I think the main problem with New Year's Evil for me is that it's just a lack of mystery. You know, you, you basically know who the killer is right away. Like, if you're not supposed to know, it's pretty fucking easy. A four-year-old can figure it out in probably ten minutes. Um, there's really not a lot of mystery to it. It's entertaining. You know, it's got good music in it. It's got some pretty funny characters. But I don't know, man. I, I just don't think it's a well-written film at all. Six out of ten. Uh, Murder Loves Killers 2. Uh, Low-budget um uh, slasher film basically about a bunch of kids that rent out a place in the woods, um, like a cabin type deal. Uh, but they don't know that the, uh, the owner is actually, you know, hiding down in the basement and he's got some sexual problems. So he starts killing off people one by one and then starts doing some fucked up shit. Um, low budget slasher, of course, 
nothing really that special to be honest what saved this movie for me was the pretty awesome ending to it was pretty cool still not recommendable four and a half out of ten beneath the surface from 2007 uh this one right here it was like ugh, gross jesus jesus christ man okay this one first of all <clears throat> was way too fucking long it, it just ran way too long basically about a uh, a girl that is killed um by her boyfriend um kind of accidentally she he made her take too many drugs anyways she was in love with this fucking this kind of this outcast guy and he was like in love with this girl anyways um he basically digs her up and brings her back to life and you know to exact her you know her or to get some revenge on on the boyfriend and shit this one is just slow as fuck it doesn't really go anywhere it's just anticlimactic a little bit and it's just not great. It's low budget. It was, the, the acting was okay and stuff, but it's just really fucking slow and boring. Uh, four to ten. Just not enjoyable. Uh, next one here is called Saw Zombies Anonymous. <laughs> uh, this one right here was basically... I kind of like the premise, though. I know this has been done before, but it's basically where zombies coexist with um, like mortals. Um, you know, in the world, they're but they're treated like second class citizens. Uh, this girl gets killed by her boyfriend, of course. In this one, uh, she comes back and she's trying to live like a normal person, but she's a zombie. Uh, of course, there's like this militia group that just fucking hates zombies. They go around and that's what they do. They just go around and they kill zombies because they don't feel that they should be a part of society because what they're doing is they're just taking up food and blah blah blah. Um, so. Again, this one, the ending I thought was actually pretty cool. It got pretty fucking nasty and gory. Some pretty cool moments for about like last half an hour of it. Kind of saved it for me. But up until then, uh, slow moving, boring. Five out of ten. Uh, next up from 2014 is Fear Clinic. Of course, this one is starring Robert England. Uh, this one has a pretty fucking cool premise about um, about five people that you know were <clears throat> um, subjected to a really traumatic uh, incident. And uh, so they get sent off to this clinic called the Fear Clinic, where Robert England plays a doctor. He's invented this this machine where um, it it basically allows you to. Well, it, what it's supposed to do is almost get rid of your fear. So what it does, you go in there and it kind of resonates your fear, and uh, it gives you like these hallucinations of it and stuff. And you're, you're supposed to face it like that, and then um, you know you can get over your fears that way. But what happens with this is that it starts resonating their fears into the real world and it starts taking over shit. And um, the idea is there. I think it's executed a little oddly and maybe a little confusing for some people. This is when you got to kind of really pay attention to. And I think there's a little too much going on. It's, it almost seems a little too over the top for its own good. Uh, if that makes any sense. Um, but I it to lead to rest, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Who, who, who'd you say it was? Robert Hall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's an effects artist. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the effects I thought it, you know, was pretty well done. Well, late uh, to rest was pretty good. fucking good, so. So there's a lot of good things in here. I think there was just a little it was a little a little gumboed a little bit, a little too much things kind of going on here. Maybe a repeat uh, viewing might kind of sort out some some things for me, but uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I I'm going to give it about a 6 and a half out of 10. It's by no means a bad film at all. Like I said the premise is cool. Um, <clears throat> next up here is a film called Mad Ron's Previews from Hell. This is just a compilation uh, preview video that I always love to watch. I love watching trailer compilations. This one's kind of interesting because it has 
you know, it does a couple older trailers and it has like these stupid, silly skits in the middle of it and shit. And it's like really low budget, almost like shot on video. It's pretty funny actually how they did it, but it was actually released in 1987. This was a VHS release back in the day. So it's kind of got that nostalgic feel to it. It's really cool to watch. It doesn't run very long. It's only about 85 minutes long. So, and it's got a lot of your classic films on there. Really cool trailers. Actually, they're kind of chopped up a little bit, but pretty interesting. Um, I give it about a seven and a half out of 10. Uh, next up, <clears throat> I, ultimately subjected myself to vhs viral at about Thank five you. In the morning this morning uh yeah i watched it from 2014 um <clears throat> jp talked about this one i'll, I'll oh, just thanks he did talk about it i was gonna say jp talked about this one last jeremy also did too i can't remember what your guys's ratings were but um you know ultimately this one was pretty fucking flat i didn't mind i thought the first story was okay the second one was just a bunch of mumbo jumbo didn't even fucking make sense um Skateboarding one I thought was kind of interesting, but still. it was fun. I'll give it credit. It was it was kind <clears throat> of fun, but it was so stupid. It didn't what? like. God no, damn there's, it! There's parts in the third one that don't even like. Why the fuck was the cameraman telling the guys that he was f- not filming? I don't. You know, in the parts, he's like, he's like, hey man, oh, we're gonna have to do that again. And he's like, oh, what the fuck, man? You're never fucking ready. Oh yeah, the battery fell out. I'm like. What the fuck? <laughs> and nothing I, ever res- nothing ever comes from it. I'm like, see, I, I'm actually kidding? kind of a fan of doing things like that in film, though, where you just you just throw something in there just for the hell of it, and like, yeah, but that was just out of left field, though, man. It's like he just wanted these guys to hurt themselves or some shit, but I don't know. Yeah, um, well, I, I mean, it could have been right. I mean, like maybe he just lied. Maybe he didn't feel like filming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I don't know. Like you know, like the little min- like the wraparound story and stuff. I thought was pretty shitty. Um, I don't know, man. I, I thought like the third story was fun. There were some certain like things I didn't really care for in it, but I thought the first story was okay. Um, I didn't really care for, I, I don't know if you guys mentioned the CG in that, but it's just fucking horrible. It looks so bad. And I, I don't believe CG in these type of films works at all because they're found footage and it's supposed to be kind of realism. I don't know how you go from feeling They threw to this, the man. goddamn found footage gimmick away. There was moments where it's like, well, who the hell is filming? <laughs> I know, I know. Like, it's in the really, first it's really segment poorly done. and stuff, the the magician yeah. one. But you know what? And the fucked up thing about that story is that it has so much potential too. All of them, I thought, had a, a solid amount of potential. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Even the second one does have. I mean, it starts like the first ten minutes of the first story. I thought were okay, and then it just goes. It, it literally, I said out loud to myself, "I was like, what? <laughs> what about the fourth like, story? And what was the fourth one again? It's the hidden one." What was the what was the hidden story? I I the, when I seen it, it wasn't in the film, so it's yeah, it only on the home video release. Watched yeah, I watched it on VOD. Yeah, when it, when it was on VOD, the fourth story wasn't involved in the film. It's a special feature now. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be way better. I thought the. <sighs> what was the fourth story? The shit, man! I don't even fucking remember. Do you have the DVD? Yeah, I do. Like um, bought it. <laughs> yeah, it was like fucking super cheap, man. So I just oh, yeah? whatever. It the first story the was the magician way. one. It was awful. I think that's the worst one. The second story was the alternate dimension one with the vaginas. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that <laughs> was also awful. Yeah. The third one was the skateboarding kids, and that was cool. one was awful as well. It, wasn't so awful. It, was, it was cool. It was. It, was it cool. had its moments, but it was still yeah. stupid. It didn't yeah, make any yeah. sense. So. Oh. And the fourth one was the Vicious Circle story. Which one's that? Um, 
I just <laughs> named the three stories. Is was there a fourth one or was it only those three that you seen? Fuck, I can't even remember now. <laughs> Shit. I'm trying to think if the if the fourth one was like the second half or like the last part of the wraparound story. Shit. I don't know. But for some weird reason I thought there was supposed to be something after the credits. It, they might have stuck it in after the credits, or well, they, they didn't. Put it. So then they, maybe it's just a special feature. If you didn't see didn't. it, then it's probably just a special feature that you didn't get to yet. Okay, because yeah, because I watched because for some reason I thought there was something. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I thought I was missing something, but no, the last part of it was just like the end of the story. Um, yeah, the uh, I watched the credits all the way through, and it, mm-hmm. the way they do the credits, they actually rewind the whole film. <laughs> Yeah, this... and, and that's it. It just ended, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I thought there was something after the credits, but no, nothing really happened. But no, yeah, that's what it was. There was just it was just the end of the the wraparound story and shit. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, man. I didn't really, I didn't really care for it too much at all. I thought I fucking I hate seeing CG in that shit, dude. Ah, just it, it fucking it, it hurts, man. It hurts a lot. Uh, but like I said, like all the stories had potential, you know. And I'm just like after after the awesomeness of vhs2 is like oh yeah, this one is, this one is a major major downgrade but oh yeah yeah i uh i gave it four and a half out of ten i don't even know why that's what i, I wrote down my, my rating was a four dude i i that it, i would rather probably watch troll <laughs> <laughs> which is also a four okay maybe i'm just giving it for the potential i don't know man i just like the idea of some of the shorts but i don't know yeah there were some cool ideas i was so mad dude you know me like both of those films made my top 10 vhs one made my number one of that year like it this is such a huge step down See, i like two better than one yeah i like the second one more too but that's just me second one is a better movie um all right so yeah four and a half out of ten and then last up for quick cuts here is uh the Screen Factory release of Phantom of the Opera from 1989, of course, again oh, starring first Robert Englund. Yeah, my first time watch, and you know, I'm I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I, you know, I put this one off for so long. Um, I think it's also because I'm not. I like the Phantom of the Opera story. You know, I've seen you know the original, and I've seen like pretty much. I think this is like the only one I haven't seen. Foxy's. I've even seen that UK one. I think I've seen like four uh, versions by now. Yeah, and for some reason, this one just always kind of eluded me for some weird reason but i'm very happy that this came out from screen factory because it ultimately made me watch the film and i was thoroughly impressed with this movie like a lot i like everything about the movie um you know everyone knows the story of phantom of the opera but i thought i thought the acting was great i think jill Sholin was great in the film um but the thing that really blew me away was um you know the sets and the locations that they used mm-hmm. in this the costumes were fucking fantastic it looked great i thought it was shot well it was acted well. The the gore effects in this one were fucking way more than I was expecting. I wasn't expecting decapitations and just gore and shit like that, you know, coming out left and right. It was awesome. I had a great time. The music was fucking awesome. Um, I'm not really too sure about the ending, <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't really ruin anything for me. It's more about Isn't the inner this, core of It's like um, book bookends. Like the beginning and the end are like like these weird bookends. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was just fantastic. You know, um, I, I don't really got a lot to complain about it with this one. Uh, but I, you know, the transfer on the Blu-ray was kind of, mm, I don't know, man. It's kind of mid-range. I think there's, it's not the clearest Blu-ray I've ever seen. Uh, it's not the worst it's either. It's not like the swimmer. 
No, uh, it's definitely not like the swimmer. Um, but it's not bad by any means. It has its moments. I think when it's like, you know, in the dark scenes, I think with, you know, especially I noticed a couple times with like, you know, Jill Sholin's hair is like pure. It's like really dark in the film. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't even see like, you know, the background and like, I don't know, it just kind of blended for me. I, I, I was noticing that a little bit. Um, but yeah, great film, man. I really enjoyed this one. I'm not really too sure what you gave it, but I was blown away with this. I had such a blast with it this morning when I watched it and, uh, I give it like eight out of 10. So, yeah. Um, I, I always enjoyed like Robert England being like something different than Freddie with like a really good performance in this one. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. I've never been overly that interested in the Phantom of the Opera story. I always kind of find it depressing and I, it's really not my thing. Um, I think I gave it a seven mm-hmm. out of 10 and I believe I even gave 1925's Phantom of the Opera also a seven. Mm-hmm. So I like them about the same. Man, that makeup on, uh, I was going to say Freddie's face on Robert England's mm-hmm. face there. Like when he like. You know, it's covering, you know, it it, it, it kind of looks like a big rubber mask on him, but it's like, it just makes him look so fucking creepy, man. I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is Something there any features that on that disc? Yeah, there's like a huge uh, kind of like a making of with like interviews from like everybody. And I like those. Those are my favorite. Yeah, me too. So, those are my favorite. So yeah, I think it, it covers like a lot of fucking, I think there's a commentary on there too. Yeah, there's a commentary and then there's like a fucking... Uh, interviews with a lot of people. I think even like in their new interviews too, like with Jill Sholin and Robert England and stuff. Should so. have been a collector's edition then. That's kind of cool, but yeah. So yeah, so, I really recommend it, man. I fucking man, didn't you say that when you reviewed it too about the gore? Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't it kind of like wow, holy yeah. shit, gore? Fuck, I thought it was fucking awesome. That decapitation had me floored. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> So yeah, so that's gonna do it for the not so quick cuts this week, I guess. Not at all. There, there wasn't even that many films. Yeah. Just kind of. And you said I you mean, was gonna beat me, and you didn't. Yeah, I know. I kind of got up on that VHS viral a little bit. I don't know. You know that's gonna happen when you stick a film that we're gonna want to comment on as well yeah. into mm-hmm. your quick cuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, so getting into the featured review for this episode 44, and it is the sequel to the 1987 film uh, Necromantic 2, which was released in 1991. Um, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name because I fuck it up every time. I just call him George. George. Okay, that's that's just what we're going to say. I know it's not. I'm so bad with his fuck his name. I just can't fucking say it. But I bet you it's not even George. I bet you it's some. No, it's, I don't think it is George. No, it's not George. It's like Jorge. Jorge. It's like. Um, <laughs> he says it, and I I remember him saying it in the introduction, and I I just can't remember it at all. German like is a, like a weird. Sounded like, like an alien. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Necromantic 2 from 1991, we follow a female nurse desperately trying to hide her feelings of necrophilia from her new boyfriend, but still has pieces of the corpse of the first movie's hero in her possession. <laughs> hero? What the fuck? He's not hero? a hero. That was, that was the IMDb description. He's like an anti-hero. I, know, I thought that fucking hero was funny, too. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> like, hero? I was like, hero? What the fuck? Since oh, when is our hero that guy? Maybe they're heroes in Germany, and we're just, you know... Love to see that guy. Fun something that they're going, he is a fucking hero. 
Yeah. Yes, common blood makes you a hero. Yeah, yeah. so we we have this woman steal <laughs> the character's corpse from the first film, take it home, love on it, love it's it gross. Some, or, <laughs> it's so uh, gross. Then <laughs> she meets another guy. She has a boyfriend. He's kind of into her. Um, but she, she won't let him move while they have sex. Cause she eventually, I guess the body got like too gross or something. So she had to cut it up and Which put it in some probably bags. the best scene of the movie. Yeah. She sa- awesome. she saves his penis though. She, she originally throws it into the bag and then she's like, yeah. no, 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 we can't throw that away. Let's stick it in a fridge. But his body's like in the last movie, it was just like a skeleton. I was like, eh, okay, who really cares? Is this a skeleton and things like that? But like. In this one, it's, like, slimy and gross, and she's, like, making out with it with Rob's decaying body, and you see, like, the slime come out of his skin. It's just fucking nasty compared well, to the first one. The, I, d- I just love me, how, like, that body doesn't look anything like the dude from the first one. I know. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, the body is fucking gross, man. It's so yeah. gross. I, I and like his dick is they... all, like, all, like, shriveled. And <laughs> I like the dick. gross. <laughs> this dick is just oh Wait, god <laughs> when i when they first like brought the body home and she threw it on the table and stuff i didn't think it looked that good but as it went on and the 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 relationship formed with the body i saw it more of like a real like person's body instead of mm-hmm. a prop when i first seen it i was looking at it as as a prop but once it became a character that's when i kind of like looked at it more i noticed the slime a little bit more i noticed the detail a little bit more and it See, felt I thought it was like real. really what was really unsettling is like for the first like twenty five minutes of the film, there's not one word of dialogue. Well, it's I was even like, going to mention uh, that it feels like, like a silent film at times. Yeah, it's very. There's eerie a lot. The of, there's like the music minutes. that you would typically get in a silent film, and there's no dialogue, and then there's like a little bit here and there. There's yeah. a lot of filler yeah, they, in this they, film. They rehashed the score oh, yeah. from the first Lots one. They rehashed that score and, you know, the piano. I like that uh, score. That piano score that sounds super yeah. serious. And yeah, and it kind of adds to it. And it just, this film has really long, seg- like really yeah. long scenes. Have you like noticed them? that? Like yeah. scenes like, just go on no, and on it, and on. Rad. And that's what happens in the beginning of the film with no dialogue. It just, yeah, like, it kind of introduces it to her. And, and, and it's just like, it's like super serious and like kind of very over the top artsy filmmaking. But then like at like the amusement park, it was like, that's like a 10 minute scene. And it's just like, oh my god, I'm falling asleep. It's like, why is well, this so honestly, funny? Honestly, the, you know, I've watched this film a couple times, and you know, I've thought the same thing. You know, they could have cut this movie down probably half yeah, an hour. It, what is it like? It's like an hour, minutes. forty minutes or something. Now, hundred yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's way too long. I yeah. mean, for one thing, okay, we were, we were kind of pre-discussing a scene where, um, you know, he, uh, <laughs> oh, we didn't discuss the boyfriend's. Uh, his occupation he's actually no. a porno voiceover dubbed. actor he's a dubbed porno which is funny he's a because, dubber like, germans dub everything back like, when they porno? actually dubbed fucking porn like the, it was a, porn was like that <laughs> important back then <laughs> yeah man but he does, he so like, funny. slaps his hand this is fucking hilarious <laughs> but yeah so the scene where uh they they go out to the cinema which i might add the the yeah, theater they that they go, go to, to like, they always go God, to, is like, that place ever seedy looking? Yeah, but they like go. They in the first one, it's weird too when they go to when Rob goes to the movie. Yeah, well, where, I mean, like, obviously like, yeah. that we're seeing um, tendencies of the director come through, where like he's yeah. that's probably something he does a lot. He probably went to oh, yeah. watch these weird art house films at some seedy looking theater. Like yeah. he probably. But I did just it I love the fact that, that he has to throw that scene in there because. 
you know, it it's runs bad. like fucking like 13, 14 minutes. And it's mm-hmm. literally this guy and this girl and they're naked sitting at a table outside on their deck eating fucking eggs. poached eggs. You, talking, you know it's what, like, though, man? Dinosaurs. And it runs so long and you're just like, OK. And like the conversation that they're having, they're just like talking about extinct fucking birds and shit. And you're just uh-huh. like. Um, well, okay. that might have but been it just some keeps going so- that, on and on and on. Yeah, that actually could <laughs> have been long. some social commentary on those type of films, those ones that have well, that's absolutely what I was, no point. I mean, well, I was kind of thinking about the social commentary aspect of it too, but I was like, what is it? Re- what is it pertaining to? Because mm. he's supposed to be taking this girl out. Like, I don't know. They don't really say, but I'm supposed. You know, I think it's their first date. Yeah. And this is what they go to see is like two people Naked. eating eggs and and like but they kept showing the dialogue and it was really focused on them and the dialogue and I'm like okay how is this pertaining yeah. to you anything? know what? I was trying to make something of it I was trying to and I was actually kind of laughing to myself going wow like I should have started I should have started a timer because <laughs> you, you know what's it's funny so is long. this scene <laughs> those type of scenes in this film just give off to me that like Germany is kind of weird and like cuz none of the characters comment on the film it was like oh that was awful like they they actually seem to enjoy it so to me it just makes it seem like Germany later weird. on later on in the film the boyfriend does say that he enjoys going to films like that because yeah. of what ah, he does true. in his job that is yeah. true. he goes he goes, you know, I sit there and I dub over and I watch porno and he's like, I get enjoyment out of watching two normal people sit there and talk. Yeah, yeah. So I get – Well, yeah. that's what you get, two normal people sitting there yeah. talking. So the, so it, the conclusion fuck, is Germany's German weird stuff. as fuck. So well, they were fucked yeah. in the 20s too though. But but I just love it though because it's like the, this couple is naked. It's like yeah. it's still weird. <laughs> yeah. Even they took the most normal setting of a normal couple just eating breakfast. But they were outside. But they have to do naked. And they, they were, were outside, outside. <laughs> eating eggs. <laughs> and I hate no, eggs and I would never eat an egg like that. So it was actually – that was making me like gag. Really? You wouldn't eat hard-boiled <laughs> eggs? I hate eggs, dude. And you'd be a bad Jew. Probably. Passover, you eggs. eat eggs, man. Eggs are good. I love eggs. <laughs> no, listen. So You wouldn't even like eat like you, scrambled I mean, eggs? No, I don't like eggs, dude. <laughs> You're fucking weird. How do you not like eggs? That's weird, know. man. I'm just I'm a real picky eater, man. How do you eat like baked stuff then? Because that has eggs. In well, it. it's I I don't really like a whole lot of baked stuff to be honest. But you, you're getting me sidetracked. Listen because here, guy. If you make if you make a weird <laughs> comment like that, I have to question it. Okay, so you you know you did touch on it being very long winded in its approach, and I agree. I 100 percent agree. But I do feel like. It does add a bit of character development that you believe that these people, that the guy would be like in love with her or like, you know, falling for her already because instead of the typical movie making where we just see, you know, oh, it's been said amount of weeks, we actually feel like they have been together a really long time. So mm-hmm. it kind of does establish it that that it just doesn't mm-hmm. like the worst way you can possibly do it by just making us see all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think with tightening up this film could have worked a lot better. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think it, this would have been a much stronger film tightened up. Oh yeah. But you know, overall, overall, the, the like the whole film is so much better. Like production value, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. than the first film, and and a lot of different aspects. I mean, you know, even the gore you could like see. It's like well, yeah, a oh lot yeah, better. like the gore is definitely a lot better. Like the, obviously the oh, the body. The like sale? JP talked I, about the prop and stuff. Like when she's cutting up the body, it's it looks pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, oh, it dude, looks really that good. That looked great. It's good gore. That it's looked really good. Um, 
but it's also the fact of where they shot. They shot in a cinema. They shot like you know, you know, um, out at the I amusement liked her park. Apartment, dude. They it shot in a whole pile of different places. I liked yeah. her apartment. I thought that very was very Argento-y, like I said earlier. Like, I didn't see that. I didn't. I, I've only seen can, like one or two Argento films. Because Argento but, loves to use bright, bright, vibrant colors. Yeah, in this but film. so does Stuart. Like for, I watched from uh, from Beyond. Like that that has a very pink look to mm-hmm. it. So, like Vamp also has that, but I wouldn't never yeah, like those really films. consider them like Argento-y. Why not? I mean, I can't but, film I mean, be. But honestly, honestly, Bava is like the creator of that, though. It's very Giallo. Is that better? I don't know, man. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really get it from it either. But yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. I, I thought colors... the red, the red was interesting to me for some some reason. Like everything was red. Her suit was red. The carpet in her floor was red. Her cigarette lighter was red. Uh, Rob's ex-girlfriend's uh, suit was red. Like, there's so many red things in this film. I, I just think there's more to that style than just a shade of color. You know what I mean? Like, like um, there's a deeper meaning to it. I just haven't been able to wrap my head around it yet. But I don't know. I think something. it's about the like technique and the craft of of blending those things. And it's not just like, hey, let's throw some pink lights around the place. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really examine that too hard. I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man, this, this movie just feels a lot bigger in a lot of different ways. Like I said, you know, production values a lot higher. Um, mm-hmm. it obviously had a bigger budget because they shot in a lot of different locations with that, which I thought was interesting. And I think that's maybe the reason why this film was longer too, because he just, as a filmmaker, he's like, well, since I shot in all these different locations, I'm not going to cut anything out of this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like, I'm going to show that, everything I fucking shot. I think you run into that problem a lot when you have mm-hmm. like a filmmaker, especially like this guy where he, he really feels like he's delivering a message and his film's really important. They don't well, want to I mean, cut like, refer- anything. Yeah, read from the opening part of the film. He's like, you know, this is a love story. So that's what he's trying to – he's trying to get the point across, which we do get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't need a 14 minutes, uh, you know, scene about – Amusement parks. No, about uh, extinct oh. birds yeah. and shit. I'm just like, yeah. okay. But, um, you know, speaking of that, really quickly, I wanted to touch on this because I forgot to mention it. Remember back when I did that Bad versus Worst review and I said, like, it was way too long? Mm-hmm. Because the director didn't want to cut stuff. I remember uh, asking him on Twitter about that. And he, he actually did just get back to me. And he said, this was like two months later. And he's like, haha, I feel you. But I did it for me first and foremost. So, oh, come on. Little update. but I, Pretentious. I think, Is that considered pretentious? Well, no. I, I understand that when it's your film, you want to do it how you want to do it. But at the same time, when you then sell that film, I don't think you really – I think you have to answer to that question more and it's not just all about you anymore when you're 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 asking people to buy your work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, cut your films down a little bit if they're too long. Get an get an mm-hmm. outside source to tell you the truth because a lot of times I feel like sometimes you just don't realize it. But I mean, you know, okay, getting back to the length of the film and stuff, I think a lot of I think in my opinion, you know, the reason why the film is a little longer, you know, he's showcasing a lot of uh imagery and that's how he's telling the stories with imagery right because Mm -hmm. this movie just doesn't have a lot of dialogue it just simply doesn't have a lot of dialogue in the film so that's what he's doing he's he's using extended scenes to to get the point across and which i do respect and it shows though this film definitely is a lot better than the first film 
um, oh, yeah. from a from a filmmaker standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it, there's a lot of weird things about this movie, though, because I don't know if you guys noticed the the part where um, she basically breaks down into song. It's like a fucking music video, and like in the middle of the film, <laughs> that part is so strange to me. You mean with the skull? Yeah, and like yeah. she's just like playing like the piano, and like she's singing, and I'm yeah, like. I, that that's just like the weird scene. There's a lot of weird. There, there was a weird scene. That, that one's that really fucking film, weird. Remember where they was like running through the field or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I that's like pretentious shit to me. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's it's just very artsy filmmaking and like kind of extreme in this one too because it's like mm. you kind of scratch your head at those scenes, going, "What the fuck?" Like I understand the artsy house. You know, you can kind of brush it off in some films you watch but also when like an mtv music video breaks out in the middle of you, you're like what the fuck is <laughs> yeah, this this is it, it's absolutely and he did it kind of but you know it's odd because it's like you know with, he, he's got a lot of like really twisted imagery in this film but it's like kind of poetic at the same time uh-huh. and then you got weird moments like this music video and shit and then at the end of the day i'm like well like, yeah okay <laughs> It's not bad, I guess. They, they don't really know how to take it fully. It's like, okay, I just kind of get it. You know, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's I not really. Lo- that scene actually made me fall asleep. Like, oh, legitimately, really? I, I fell asleep I during started, the scene. I, I almost fell asleep during a lot of this. A lot of scenes. But I was just I started laughing again. I was like, I because for- I hadn't watched the movie in a long time, and I forgot about. It. I literally was like, oh, I forgot about this part. <laughs> Because I, I remember laughing so hard the first time I watched this sit, movie, and you I was to like, sit "Through a lot of boring parts to get to the good parts." It's just yeah. sim- to symbolize their love. I never was really that bored in this film, though. I, I really wasn't. I was just tired and sleepy. But I mean, that I, I agree that it can be cut down. But I was never actually like out of it. I, I still think okay, you know, okay, the girlfriend, fucking bad with names, can't remember her name, but uh, she's sitting around there with her friends and they're eating pizza and fucking bullshit and whatever and they they put on the video of of the uh the seal autopsy or dissection however you want to fucking call it but i'm just thinking to myself after like as i'm watching this scene of the seal get mutilated i'm like um what kind of friends just bring over a tape of that (laughs) uh your kind of friends yeah when you, like, when, yeah, you, be like, when you're bringing over faces of death and you're all like, yo, you come die, this is craziest shit ever. I guess, I guess. It's just but, different. Know, it's weird because it's girls. Let me ask you this. What kind of girl, what what kind of necrophilia, what kind of friends do you have when you're a necrophiliac? I don't know. Probably not the ones that are going to bring over cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> True that. True that, but I just I, I don't know, man. I just thought but that there's scene no was, reason like how he did. Thing, well, that's how he did the scene, right? And you know, in the first one, they kind of show. I guess in the first one, it's kind of random with the rabbit, though, too. But it this has one's to do with just, his childhood, though, with the rabbit. That's right, that's right. But this, this one is like it is nothing. really random because they they bring over this videotape and it's just like, okay, well, let's show the seal getting hacked up and then dumped in the garbage can. I'm like, okay. At least if you have like that kind of scenes, at least have like a purpose. I disagree a little bit though because what is the purpose of watching something like Faces of Death? I wouldn't watch Faces of Death, so it doesn't. Well, but people the, the do, right? Of, That's the point. People but do. Faces watch of Death, that. though, the purpose of the film is about death. I mean, obviously, the seal fits in, of course, with the whole necro the death thing. I mean, it does make sense, but it's random. Faces of Death is all about those scenes over and over again. That's the point. That's why you watch it. 
you know, this one. You but know, you, you can't could do tell it. me that somebody hasn't tried to show you like some gross ass video of something get mu- getting mutilated or something. Mm-hmm. I showed moods a girl blowing a dog one time. Okay, for that <laughs> example right there, like it's the same situation, right? It's like Actually, people that just Danny. watch weird stuff. Like oddly, that sometimes. oddly enough, I gagged about forty-five times and I watched the whole fucking twelve-minute video. Oh my god. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching, man. It was gross. It was fucking disgusting, man. Oh. I didn't watch it. I just remember. Actually, that was burnt in my mind for a long time. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, who the fuck does this shit, man? Yeah. It blew my mind, but it blew my mind. You know the you know um, who does that? The same people that would bring over a video like that and watch it with their friend, the Sill video. <laughs> there are people like this, man. That's why I don't think it's pointless. I think it just showcases like – I, I agree. Okay, they didn't look like the type of people that would be doing this, but people do stuff like that. It's not that that it, it's surprising to see something like that in the film. I don't think it's out of place because people do do things like that. And let's face it, we're dealing with someone who's having sex with a dead body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, her. I don't know if her friends knew about that. They're just bringing. Yeah, over but obviously, you're not going to be a completely normal, regular person. If you're having sex with a dead body, there's no way you're going to be able to play Dexter on that shit. You're a weirdo. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so That's you're definitely. you're not you're not going to have regular awesome friends. <laughs> True that. True that. I mean, but everyone has their skeletons in their closet, right? <laughs> yeah, but I just don't think you would be able to pull it off. You wouldn't be able to be a normal person and have sex with dead people. You can't. I don't know. You can't. You, just can't, you cannot be normal and live a normal life and have sex with dead people. I guess it just does dead, not cross over. Like maybe you can kill somebody and still lead a normal life. Maybe you could watch like weird gay porn or something and have a normal life. You cannot have sex with dead people and live a normal life. It just doesn't happen. I don't know, man. Next time I run into a necrophiliac, I'll have to ask him that. Because, <laughs> I mean, chances are. I mean, they, they could be your accountant. They could be your realtor. Who knows? Ugh. You never I mean, fucking know. But, I mean, that's, that's what makes this world so fucked up. You know man. who it they are? Be... They're morticians. Those are the only people left in the world that have sex with dead people. Well, I guess Austin, well, I guess Austin why it's more likely a mortician is because they have opportunity. I guess yeah. Austin's yeah. They probably weren't people. even fucked in the head. They were like, some hot girl came into the morgue one night and they're like, oh, well, you know what? There's no video camera in here. No one's going to see this shit. Then they tried out once and they're like, well, fuck, I can do it all the time oh my now. God. Okay. I, I guess Austin's sleeping with dead people. <laughs> you know what's funny as hell is like we're dealing with a chick this time, which seems way more crazy than when we're dealing oh, with yeah. a dude. Yeah. Speaking of that, we never brought up the fact that uh, the girlfriend from the first one actually shows up in this one randomly. Yeah. I was like, what? And, and that <laughs> yeah, scene she wanted is, his body. That seems funny because they show her. Um, you know, arriving at the grave there and noticing or obviously finding out that the body's not there and that's kind of it. Yep, yeah, I was expecting body. her to like be involved in the story. It was like really weird. I, when... I just thought it was very interesting that he put that scene in there and didn't explore it more. Well, I think I think at the end of the day, this but it, the problem is the lack of dialogue and things like that. But I think the pro, the thing was like, let's just tie up the list. I know, but maybe the they should just film. cut yeah. And it also helps you realize that her, that was the body of the guy. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it helps you because I was a little confused about well, that as well. And also it, you know, it tells you that she um, was going to steal his body and she was going to do what they had done before. And also I think another thing that it does is show that it is possible for there to be multiple people who are fucked up like this. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel that, like, I don't know. I mean, if it was me, I, I probably would just not even bother with that. But I understand. I, would, what I, I, I like it. I actually really did like it. I thought that that was cool to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's because I was ex- I was expecting, um, you know, for her to come back. You know, or I mean, yeah, to and see the, more of her the after only that. reason you're expecting that is because well, that's because how they, typically films are done. No, 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 no. Because no, I was expecting her to show up again in the film. Because of they showed her, you know, at the gravesite or whatever, and I, I just no. That's what I'm her, saying, though. That's yeah. how typically films are done: is you get introduced to a character and then they pop up later. Oh yeah, that's, I see what you're saying. And I feel like to flip it like that and be like, no, this I was just wrapping up her story. That I thought it was interesting. I don't know. It, like I agree that <clears throat> typically you want to see what they have to do, but I was okay with it not happening this time. I wanted I wanted to see a fucking cat fight, cat fighting <laughs> over the dead body. Ugh. About a shriveled dick. They're they're just fucking going. I had a hard time with that seal scene, dude. That's just not my thing at all. I've seen people. It didn't actually bother me because it wasn't alive first. You wouldn't like strike. It has nothing to do with it being alive for me per se. I've seen people, you know, cut up deer all the time. You know, this is hunting around here. Like, uh, you know, like like let's fucking gut it and eat it and stuff like that. For some reason, when it's done on film, it just gets into my head way more than when it's in real life. It's fucking mm-hmm. weird, dude. I don't have you seen have you seen Strike Moods? No. From nineteen twenty five? Oh. It has a brutal butcher of a calf at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. It's it's brutal. It's a it's a Soviet film. It's that that it gets to you, <clears> so don't watch that film, JP. Yeah. Um It gets to me too. I, I see what you're getting. Well, even I if mean, it's like even if it's like not real and it's just like a dog gets hit or something. It's fake. funny. It's like, I kind of like that feeling sometimes. Though. Like I kind of chase that feeling when I watch films like this because like obviously it's really uncomfortable at the time and I feel like all weird and stuff. But like afterwards I'm like I, I'm like always impressed that something can make me do that. So like I kind of chase that idea a little bit sometimes. So I mean I can handle it. It's just I'm being honest. It, it gets under my skin when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, what you guys have anything else for this one? Not really. I don't know, man. Basically, I think that watching the film for the last scene alone is worth it. Um, <laughs> last scene is I, good. Yeah, I, I like the whole last scene, man. It's actually pretty crazy mm-hmm. um, and really fucking twisted and <laughs> fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, twisted is the best word for, for it. Twisted is the best word for it because that's instant. When Jeremy was like, "There's a brutal slattering or something," yeah. and like it just started playing when that happened, I was like, "This is twisted." Just when I was watching it, happen, <laughs> like, this is twisted. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, overall, man, the the film, like I said, I, I I would like to see an alternate cut of this one. Shorter, Shorter you know, just, just chopped chopped it down about like thirty. It minutes. definitely like, would play some- better. I think it would totally flow better. I think, like I said before, I think it's um, it's definitely a, a better made film, but it's just extended too much. I think he just put too much effort into it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of took it to heart, and I'm going to fucking do this this way. But um, I, I think some of the scenes are pretty interesting, like the way it's just so elegant. And I know it, I hate using the word elegant when, you know, someone's fucking a dead body, but <laughs> it's kind of like – It's done poetically. Po- it's dude. an art house. It really is. It is. It's like, very art house, but it's the score combined with it is. what's going on. That's it, a and good it's score, like, man. It really does work, you know, yeah. and it's like oddly 
intriguing and you just cannot mm. stop watching. You're like, fuck, this is like, what is well, so. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Unique. I truly so unique, believe I there's not a lot of dialogue in this film. And yet I truly walked away from it feeling like this woman loves having sex with dead bodies. Like, mm. I feel like I feel the romance. Like, so I agree the with day, the guy. The film works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, if we're sitting here thinking about it, you know, after the fact and going, wow, you know, it actually does work. Mm-hmm. There are obviously is problems with it, but, you know, they could be minor, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's a pretty interesting piece of work. And I think it's better than the first film. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say without. I, I don't know. I think we kind of <laughs> I did want to mention one part there. I think it was the second time they showed the boyfriend. And uh, his female counterpart there when, when they're doing the fucking he's like, voiceovers. He's like, oh, you, now you're a professional. <laughs> it's like crack and pissing my yeah. pants. Oh, man. because he's having – oh, yeah, because now he's having relations with his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but the girl that's sitting beside him, I noticed, man, like when he's fucking – you know, he's doing his shit like that or whatever. And she looks right at the camera. Yeah. I was like – and she just kind of – I. Dude, it's one such a do. pet peeve of yeah. mine when you yeah. notice people look at cameras and yeah. movies. That's the <laughs> no, one rule I know. that you're not supposed to do. And I noticed that she was going to take a drag off her smoke and she looked right at the camera and I was like, oh, I caught you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It just it bugged me. I, I kept kind of thinking about it, but just a little little gripe, I guess. But I don't know. Ratings, guys. What do you guys? Jeremy, you Jeremy, go first. Jeremy. Uh, I like this one a little bit more than the first one, of course, like we talked about. But <laughs> like the first one, these movies don't do much for me, to be completely honest. I don't, I still don't see what the hype is about the films. Give or take, this one's a lot nastier and sicker than the first film for sure. Um, I don't know. I was I was bored by some of the longer scenes in the film, but it's still it's still an interesting film, and I'm happy that it got a you know, an accessible release finally, because it was really hard to get for a long time, but shout out to called epics. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I give it seven out of 10. <laughs> Fuck you guys and your free Roots. copies. I paid Jer- for Jeremy it. actually paid for his copy. This oh, time. did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, necromantic too, man. Like I said, bigger, better film. I actually really enjoy this film, you know, even for its uh, long windedness in certain parts um, I still, you know, I, I, I can't use the word bored. I just wish it was kind of cut down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I find it actually quite entertaining and I think it has a lot to do with, I do like art house films, but it's the fucking score, man. Mm-hmm. The music throughout the film just keeps me so intrigued. I, I, I just really like it, but, um, I have it at a seven and a half out of 10. Okay, so Necromantic 2, I definitely did enjoy it more than the – it's so weird saying enjoy with a film like this. I li- it's a better film than the first one yeah. uh, and I'm going to rate it exactly what I gave the first one. But it is – I will specify that it is better and it's a 7.5 out of 10. Q. So I went up a half. Shit, man. He gave the first one a 7. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think these films are very effective well, I the first for one what they six, are. Actually. This one's just better done, but the first one kind of uh, that's was a second. That's the second time tonight you've done something like that. I know. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's different levels of seven point fives, right? I mean, it's it's just not quite enough. Man, to I make enjoyed it I enjoyed Troll Two so much more on the fun factor, and I'm also going to give it a four out of ten. <laughs> it's a it's a worse film though, right? 
It's a worse film. Oh, yeah. It totally is. It's just, fuck, I was expecting yeah. higher. That was just priceless. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just, I feel like it's, the problem I could get with Necromantic 2 is, I it's definitely better than the first film, but I don't feel like it's an 8. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, it's a 7.5. I rated the first one a 7.5. I still, I still stick with that rating. I think it, it really messed with me and it was kind of shocking and stuff. Uh, but man, it really puts things in perspective when you see this one, how much better it is. Maybe I did fuck up on that rating. <laughs> Just technically, you know, it, it doesn't look like amateurish, you know what I mean? Doesn't look Kevin's clerksy. Like uh, yeah. Alrighty. So that is going to conclude episode 44. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Of course, that was the Necromantic 2 from 1991 featured review. Yeah, awesome stuff. And next week yeah. we will be doing Animal, the long-awaited yeah. Scream Factory release. Oh, fucking right! I'm really excited to actually do this, man. I'm, yeah. I've been, I've been hearing nothing but good things. things about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah that gets should me be excited. fun, man. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, you want to take us out of here? All right. Thanks everybody for listening to the 44th episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man. Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash Moods616, or if you're watching this on his channel, click the subscribe button down below. If you want to follow JP, a.k.a. the man who hates Pee Wee Herman, you can do so at youtube.com slash DoubleShotJ. And as always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash NESRuler22. If you want to follow us on our website, you can do so at the 22 shots of moods and horror.com. It's 22 shots of moods and horror.com. You could also email us any questions you have at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com that's 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com and if, you have any, if you have any questions you want to leave us a voicemail you could do so at 724-426-6665 and if you want to follow us on twitter you could do so twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast and if you want to follow us on the facebook page facebook.com go up to the search bar type in 22 shots of moods and horror podcast and ask to be part of the awesome community over on Facebook. So that should do it, folks, for the 44th episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll talk to you guys again next week with Animal. Talk to you guys. Yeah.